Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Greetings, greetings. It's a winner's soul. Revolutionary. New Orleans. Come on in, come on in. The fire is hot. The water is boiling. Trying to put something into the pot. Come on in. Come on in. Welcome. Greetings and salutations. All the men in need of blessing. You beyond the veil. For it's all just a simple You're the greatest time to you know it's Christmas Day, though. <laughs> you know it's Christmas Day, right? If you don't, I'm about to tell you why. All the Come back home to Africa. She's calling your name. Come back home to Africa. Come back home 
Eshu Alexwana Kosi Were Awo Onlo Uto Ne Iwo Ada Afan Bo Osi Obatalami Itani Ibo Onilio Abani Shu Eshu is the respected elder who flogs, confronts, and uncovers fools. That one versed in mysteries uses truth to own you. He calls a scatter to feed poverty. Obatala shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu. Aboru, Aboye, Aboshishe, Ashe, Mea Richorun. May I ever be accepted? May I ever allow what we desire to come to pass? And so we say, Ashe, Asheo. Divine, all blessed, peace and love, joy and prosperity, elevation, revelations, and manifestation. You are now sitting live with the Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, Elagun Oloye Hudu Obea Bokor, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African Hudu world spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is indeed my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and it is my ever-living reality. It is crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my being, my walk, my works, my demonstration, my reason for being here before you at high noon each and every day. And it is indeed the place from where I begin and end all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and recreate my divine destiny. And I and I alone create and recreate my divine, all blessed reality. And so it is. I say, I greet each and every one of you personally individually, collectively in this sacred space on this Monday, December 21st, 2020. I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally from this working temple of the house of the Divine Prince, Thai Potions, Hoodoo Central, in this legendary, historic, beautiful, and most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors, and those who came before me along this hoodoo obeya life path and journey, passing down the great obia stick along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, and minerals. I am always humbled and honored by any opportunity to stand again, to wake up and breathe and stand again on the mighty, mighty shoulders of powerful ancestors. And today, the ancestors nudged me. (laughs) Today, the ancestors woke me up. There was no alarm clock. There was no plan. There was no specified, said, 
ritual activity. But somewhere right around 3, 3.30, the ancestors got me up and the ritual activity indeed began in that moment in earnest, organically, spiritually. Of course, I acknowledge the spirits that dwell in blue on a day, ritual day such as this. I acknowledge those spirits that dress in white on a ritual spell day like this. But of course, the winter solstice, 4.02 a.m., I believe, Central Standard Time. And my mind goes back, often goes back to ancient Egypt, goes back to a time before the calendar that we operate in now, before the numerical system that we count in now, before the mindset from which we approach often spirituality and religion. I like to go back as far as I can in my own understanding in my own awareness in my own imagination and it takes me back to the origins of this day and 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 its celebration and of course christmas in kemet in ancient egypt today december 21st it's the first day of winter solstice in case you're not understanding (laughs) it is a ancient two-week celebration of life through the rebirth of the sun. It lasts about 12 days, includes solar observations, cultural festivities, spiritual growth ceremonies, and at least how we understand it, it would have been not only a astrological time, an astronomical time, a spiritual time, but also a time to acknowledge the seasons for crop growth, the season for the flooding of the Nile, which was both useful and also a little bit threatening, um, you know, to, to their very survival. And so the solstice, which stems from the Latin word solstitium, represents the annual period of the sun when the sun reaches its lowest point before rising again to prepare for the summer months. In the Southern Hemisphere, where our ancestors, many of our ancestors are from, this process begins on June 21st. But here in the Northern Hemisphere, in the Americas, where where many of us reside, and I realize I have a a much broader international audience than just uh, the Americas, we here understand that it starts today. And it lasts from the 21st to the 21st totaling three full days. The observations of the sun during this time of year originated in ancient Egypt around 4,000 BC. To the Kemetic people, the significance of observing and referencing the sun was, again, twofold. Our ancestors were nature-oriented, animism oriented, animistic, if you will, people that lived off the land and the observance of the sun helped them keep up with the seasons in regarding to planting, harvesting, preparing for droughts. They could understand you can't live without the sun. 
And when it rose again, it meant new life for the crops, new life for the people. So they acknowledged the sun through a harvest festival to celebrate with the community. And, and here in, in America and in many places in, in the West, we have adopted Kwanzaa, which is a, a harvest-oriented festival that we celebrate, that we acknowledge also during this, this same season. The second reason it would have been of importance to our uh, ancient Egyptian ancestors was that they were the first astronomers, the first astrologers, the first scientists and spiritualists. So they knew that our bodies and the sun are indeed connected and that if we aligned our bodies with the cycles of the sun, we could achieve many of the same effects. So during this time of year, they went into deep meditation, reflection, and spiritual rituals that helped them to die to themselves, to allow parts of themselves that were no longer serving them to be removed. Uh, many who've had a reading with me, and particularly a tarot card reading with me, knows that when I see those swords on the table, indeed it's a mantra to cut away with, do away with, eliminate that which no longer serves us which no longer mirrors our best image. Another important uh, staple of winter solstice takes place, of course, on December 25th. And this is the day that the sun rose again after being invisible, or at least at its lowest point, for those three days. And the ancients considered this its rebirth. So they deemed December 25th as birthday of the sun, birthday of the sun, S-U-N. But over time, certain sects within Egypt begin to associate the sun with Messiah-like figures from the mythologies. This led to folklore of Huru, the Christ, which started out as a myth to explain what was happening in the celestial realm, being transformed into religious dogma that replaced the sun, S-U-N, with a savior. Huru was the deified as the son of Ra. In ancient Egypt, Ra was God, and the sun was his face. So Huru became the visible, visible deified representation of Ra, the sun god. And the festivities that took place before and around December 25th were then transformed into customs that paid homage to Heru. This concept later copied by the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, who renamed Heru with some of their own gods, some of their own deities. And just like the name, they all copied the folklore, only changing up things here and there to match their own cultural nuances and prejudices. By the time the Romans became the, the world power, there were over 10 different saviors around the world with the background of having had 12 disciples being born on December 25th and performing great miracles. And these various cultures were also celebrating winter solstice 
in honor of their saviors. So the Romans took their stories and created the figure Jesus uh, Christos in the fourth century, who later became Jesus Christ in 1522. They then integrated him into their version of the winter solstice, and it later became Christmas. And wherever the Europeans traveled and conquered around the globe, this holiday, Christmas, spread with them. The great conjunction that many are excited about. <laughs> I heard somebody say something about superpowers. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm going to ask a very specific question <laughs> momentarily <laughs> about, about them superpowers. But let me check my, uh, my chat before I get too deep off into this and lose control of our audience. G- greetings, y'all. I welcome each and every one of you to find self-healing. Peace and blessings, beloved. Matthew Ferguson, thank you so much. Big Chief, Kevin Turner, the Big Chief, come on in, bud. Come on in, beloved. Uh, yes, uh, thank you so much for participating. As always, um, Ebony Parker, thank you so much for being present. Courageous Umi from the Texas, peace and love, beloved. Joy and prosperity. Greetings and happy solstice, Arisha, beloved. To you and yours. Girlfriend, I'm still vibrating. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> you started this. <laughs> okay. Tiana Bolden, beloved Grand Risings, thank you so much. Grand Risings, and particularly today on this hero, Winter Solstice, Grand Risings to you as well, beloved. Allow your ori to light up. Like the sun, this, that's what this is all about. In case you didn't know, this is Ori Day. This, this is the day for, for your, the sun to sit on the crown of, of that pyramid, the crown of your head. That, that would be today. And for the ancients of ancient, this is Christmas. For indeed, the honor was to the sun. The power was to the sun. But we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Joy Rivera, greetings, beloved. Greetings, Cy. A Semper Fi, beloved. Greetings, greetings. Come on in. Uh, Ujo Wujat, thank you so much for being present this winter solstice. Thank you so much, beloved. Looking forward to your sharing and your calling in and your usage of the webcam as well, beloved. And thank you for supporting Cursor to buy you. I really appreciate it. Um, I hadn't even planned to, to bring it up, but I thank you. And I do remind you all, you know, if you will, to support Nat Geo has been good to me. The Travel Channel has been good to me. And History Channel has been good to me. And, and, and those people behind those teams. And so I'm grateful for any opportunity to bring authentic hoodoo root work, conjure, voodoo representation to the forefront. So tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, um, we'll be coming on Nat Geo. The program is called Atlas of Cursed Places. I know many of you have been watching and following along. It's really a great series of programs. The last episode they did was about Vlad the Impaler uh, and, and Roman not Roman, uh, Romanian witchcraft, uh, which is a very interesting program. Uh, and they have 
you know, several more ahead. So, but my piece, for those of you who would want to know my piece, uh, shows tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, uh, Curse of the Bayou. Um, and I look forward to your, your presence, your energy, your support, your criticism, whatever. <laughs> but by the time it gets to TV, um, it's a done deal, you know, for us. We, we've spoken our truth. It's, it's on celluloid, you know, indefinitely, you know, and, and life moves on to the next ritual, to the next ceremony, to the next initiation, to the next ancestral request, you know, and, and we have to keep moving on. Uh, voodoo is not a temporary moment in time for me. And, and, and I'm going to get into that in a moment. <laughs> let, let me let me finish uh, greeting Jennifer Anderson. Greetings, beloved. Thank you so much for being present. And of course, uh, J.P. Terrell, I would love for you to come on in. Melanated Magic, Coldest 216. Greetings, beloved. Greetings. Greetings and salutations. Yeah, they could do a series just on New Orleans. Um, just know it's coming. <laughs> just know it's coming. And and from so many different perspectives, uh, which is one of the reasons why I, you know, not only acknowledge my own ancestors who are from this land. And, and let me say it again. Both branches of my ancestry have blood that come through the port of New Orleans. And and they ain't all black for you historians who are local to Louisiana and, and have an understanding. My great great grandfather on my father's side might have been considered Passon Blanc. You know, on, on one set of documents they white. He and my grandmother, and then in another set of documents, they they listed as black. And when we see the pictures, I'm blessed to have pictures of my great grandparents. Um, they look indigenous. They look Native American. They look, you know, biracial. They they look something other than in, as as black as I am, you know, in terms of shade. But I, I'm blessed again to have the paperwork. There's a lot of criticism about ancestry. There's a lot of criticism about background. But we don't criticize the, the history and the ancestry deeply attached to such holidays and events, such as this, the, the winter solstice. We then don't cry, it's too much background. You know, when we give Stonehenge its due, <laughs> you know, when, when the original Stonehenge would have been the, the pyramids, the great pyramids themselves of Giza in terms of positioning and mapping the sky and, and astronomy and, and astrology. You know, I'm just speaking power to truth, and particularly in a magical room, particularly in a room full of, of practitioners and would-be practitioners and healers and readers and enthusiasts and the like. Indeed, our power, our role here is to empower life, not, not just ourselves. Because indeed, to empower ourselves is to empower life. And to empower death would be to empower death upon ourselves. All things come back 
to the root. All things must pass the, the law of mirrors, all things. So I am honored to speak a truth about the holidays, particularly great holidays like this that don't get a whole lot of coverage. And so that's why I'm grateful for Nat Geo and Travel Channel and PBS for making space for information, for history, for our telling, our story, our telling, you know, that once did not exist 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So please support Atlas of Cursed Places. We had a great time doing it. I'll tell you, it's one of the spookiest things I've ever done. <laughs> but I don't want to talk a whole lot about it because I don't know exactly what's going to be uh, on the program. So I-, I can't talk a whole lot about it until after it airs uh, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. U.S. Central Standard Time on Nat Geo. The year is 2020. Might as well be 2021. I, I don't want to hear I don't have a TV. You got Internet. You got a device that gave you access to me. You can find Nat Geo channel. Some of y'all already got the Hulu. Some of y'all got the Hulu premium. Some of y'all got the YouTube and the YouTube premium, you know, the, the with the YouTube live, you know, Nat Geo, National Geographic channel. And that's Nat Geo UK, Nat Geo Asia, Nat Geo America, but it's, Nat Geo in America, just Nat Geo, and it's Nat Geo Africa. So let's talk about it after the fact. <laughs> let's talk about it Wednesday uh, when I can really go into the details. Um, greetings, beloved, divine, all blessed birthday, and, and many, many more to come. Um, thank you so much for being present on your birthday. I'm grateful for anyone who's here in the middle of their day. You know, I'm honored, truly. Give thanks. Give thanks for being present. Greetings, Chief Bougie. Welcome, welcome, 2021, 20. Welcome to the new world order and the new age. Neophyte Bocour, come on in. You going to co-host with me today? I know you got something to say. Come on in. Come on in. Happy uh, birthday, beloved. Happy Be Earth Day. Azurite. Thank you so much, Azurite the Oracle. Yes, thank you so much, Rebirth the Key. Thank you so much to all of my participants on whatever platform you are viewing or calling in from at this time. My phone lines are open at area code 845 277 9143. You're also welcome to Come on in by way of the uh, StreamYard link, uh, as Neophyte Bocour often likes to do. Um, I invite co-hosts. Wendy Williams is not the only one that can have co-hosts. I invite visible, free-thinking, free-speaking co-hosts <laughs> to come on in. Yes, and there's the uh, the link if you wish to come on in with me. Um, another big point that people are excited about today, of course, is this great conjunction. conjunction. And um, I've heard both sides, you know, of the argument, uh, the people who are just, you know, 
appalled at the at the notion uh, versus those who are just so deeply into this superhero thing. Um, it, it's just not funny. Uh, and this conjunction, this great conjunction, I don't want to take the power out of anything that gives someone hope. I don't want to take the power out of anything that gives someone joy. I don't want to take the power out of anything that gives a person a sense to get up and improve themselves greater or to make a move or to take an action, you know. So, hey, game, step into your superpower. Indeed, step into your superpower. The great conjunction of two planets from our solar system, Jupiter and Saturn, are set to take place later on tonight. And Saturn and Jupiter will come in conjunction due to their same right ascension and celestial latitude. This event occurs every 20 years. Every 20 years. No shade. (laughs) Where were you 20 years ago, December 21st, 2000? No one has to answer out loud. (laughs) Where were you 20 years ago, December 2000. Now, I'm old enough and young enough to remember exactly where I was and what I was doing. And and let me tell you, I came into my superpowers. I came into my superpowers. Now, if you're realistic, if you're humble before spirit and the ancestors to what you know or don't know, you will indeed step into your superpowers. And so I look forward to increased power, increased knowledge, increased awareness, increased manifestation of the superpowers that I, as a qualified practitioner of voodoo, understand to be realistic. So I ask, greeting co-host, I'll be with you momentarily. I ask, where were you December 2000, 2021, 2000, December 21st, 20 years ago? Because the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction happens every 20 years, every 20 years. Now, according to National Aeronautics and Space Administration, uh, NASA, this is an event in 400 centuries I'm sorry, in four centuries, 400 years, but also in eight centuries. Now, people might find that confusing. This is an event that occurs every 400 or every four centuries. And then, in the, I'm sorry, every 400 years, I got my type, my notes type wrong. And also every 800 years, every 400 years, every 800 years. And it's every 400 years since the two planets have passed each other as closely as they will occur in our sky at this time, allowing nearly everybody in the world to witness it visually or, or with a, with a uh, telescope. And it's nearly separated by 0.1 degree or one-fifth the apparent width uh, uh, of the moon. And it's 800 years since the alignment of Saturn and Jupiter occurred at night, at night. So the difference, say for this is an event 
that happens every 20 years. It's happening 400 years later that they're crossing this closely together. And so closely together that we're able to visualize it from Earth. And it is happening at an 800-year rate that we can witness it from Earth. So that's what makes this the great conjunction. And it coincides with the winter solstice, with the sun beginning to return to the the northern hemisphere. A theory claims that in the year 700 BCE, Jupiter and Saturn underwent three conjunctions, making it seem like they were watching a completely different celestial object in the sky altogether. The unifying of those planetary energies, I'm sure, created almost a Christmas-like star effect. You know, what was that great star that they saw, you know, in the supposed Bethlehem that led them to the to the child Christ, it may very well have been a very similar conjunction uh, within the sky. Okay, all right, now come on in, uh, Azurite. Come on in, beloved. Hi. Greetings, greetings, and greetings. Divine, all blessed birthday. Thank you. And, and many, many more. I appreciate it. It's been hard getting to this one. <laughs> yeah. It's been hard getting to this one, and, like, I really feel like my ancestors have me here because I wasn't going to do anything today. Like, I was going to really focus on me and celebrating the fact that I made it to this birthday because this is the second prophetic birthday for me. Like, my 18th birthday was the 2012, and that one was, like, that one was hard, too. I'll just be honest. As far as, like, not knowing who I was and not knowing what my birthday meant, you know what I'm saying? Like, I knew about the winter solstice just a little bit, but I had no idea, like, what my birthday meant to me, what my birthday meant to my family's bloodline, and to my community. Like, I don't think my community understood how important my birthday is. So I'm really honored to be here. Um, you might hear a little noise. My people just got back. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm really excited. Like leading up to today, my ancestors have been getting me prepared for some form of conjunction. It's not just as far as the planet is concerned, but basically what they're doing is they're merging two lineages that have been separated through the transatlantic slave trade. So a lot of people may be familiar with like Santeria, Lukumi, Umbanda. Umbanda. And we do, of course, but a lot of people don't understand how a lot of the Orishas and the Lua have not been together 100%. And so it took me like traveling back to New Orleans. I came back to New Orleans 2018 and I celebrated my birthday in New Orleans 2018. And being there for that, and then after that, then making me go all the way to Las Vegas to meet my indigenous ancestors there because they had been taken away from the south to the west during the Trail of Tears. Now, hold on. How did you travel from here to Vegas? 
I traveled on um, airplanes, but when I came from Atlanta to New Orleans, I was on the bus because I was trying yeah. to, you know, be as close to the ground as possible. Yeah, you got to uh, make you got to make that journey in a car or on a bus. Yeah, preferably on exactly. a bus where, where you don't have to drive and focus, where somebody yeah. else is doing the driving. And just yeah. and just let your spirit go. It's it's the most magical yeah. thing, uh, one of the more positive things that I can <clears throat> recapture from my own um, sort of tragic childhood is the fact that you know my parents had this thing about traveling every summer. So we had to drive mm-hmm. somewhere. We had to go to another state, another another town. You know, we we had to be the first black people there. You know, because this would have been right. in, the, in the 70s going into the 80s. And, you know, it might be a you know, surprise to you that there were many towns. There might be some towns today, you know, in the Wyoming, Montana, you know, where folks ain't never really seen no black people, ain't really had, you know, close contact. We would have mm-hmm. been, you know, that family. And so Sedona and, and some of uh, the salt, Great Salt Lake, you know, and crossing some of those regions in the West. Those there's those ley lines, you know, that it you is. step over that change you in a way they can't be, you know, put into words that affect, you know, your spiritual growth um, and indeed your spiritual development. Um, how old are you? What year were you born? In? I was born in 1994, so I'm 26. And so you were mentioning the last conjunction being 20 years ago, and I actually remember the last conjunction. It was the year they had the um, Olympics. I was like two years old, and like I don't remember a lot from that young, but I remember that because that it was just like kind of like how this one was. I felt like I was an alien. I felt like I wasn't supposed to be here. Like I felt, I felt different. Um, and, now and, so, and now you're entering your your master years, going up to thirty three. Because there's something about those numbers, 32 and 33, so you'll find that you'll begin to really crystallize who you are, particularly someone with a a light as bright as yours at this stage in your journey. And so you'll be powerful at at 32, 33. You you know, you'll be a a constellation, you know. I feel like that now, honestly. I'm like... Like, coming into today, it was like, what is happening to me? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm very grateful. But it's just like, for me, the biggest thing has been protecting my energy and understanding that I have a lot of energy to protect. It's not like, and I don't put other people down, but it's not a lot of people out here like me. You know, like, I'm just like a shining, I'm like a whole solar system in a person by myself, let alone... And I don't have any kids yet. So, like, everything I've been doing this past year has been getting prepared for that journey because it's like I can only imagine what my children's going to be like. Like, my, my pop's birthday is 420, my mom's birthday. Everybody in my family has some type of, like, birthday in alignment with some type of either a holiday or some type of, like, astrology, something that has to do with astrology that's, like, prophetic. So, for me, I'm just, like, the big boom. And so I can only imagine what my kids going to be like. So that's really what I've been focusing on is getting my ancestors as well as possible and really walking in my purpose. Because my purpose is to make medicine. Like, I'm here to help everybody get it together so we can make cannabis, mushrooms, and everything else be what it needs to be and restore the sacredness to the medicine that's been lost. 
for all these years in the best way I possibly can by protecting myself as much as my community. So 32, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing. Like, hopefully I got a whole dispensary or something. Yeah, you just just brought back a memory for me because in the, again, in the 70s, uh, when my family would have been on the highway, the CB was popular. I don't know if some of y'all even know what a CB is. You know, the truckers be on the CB. (laughs) The truckers be on the CB and they can talk to each other, communicate, you know, on on a short band, on a short band radio without having to be on the phone or, you know, or up interrupting other radio, you know, networks, Mm -hmm. such as our commercial network. So they called that the CB and it it was real popular back, back in the, in the seventies, back in the day. And so you had to have a handle. Just like now online, you have to have a username. Mm-hmm. You had to have a handle because you'd get on the CB and everybody who was on that frequency could hear you and you would shout out your hand and, you know, break a break what? one, break a break one, nine, you know. And so my whole family had a, 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 a CB name, which, and you can already see why this was important. Our name was the Holiday Family. And the reason for that is my sister was born on Easter. 1969. I was born on Labor Day in 1966. Mm. My parents got married on 4th of July in, 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 in 1964. You know, so we, we were called the Holiday Family. So you had the Holiday Boy, the Holiday Girl. You know, that's how we identified ourselves. So you really brought that memory back when you spoke of your family having, you know, that unique uh, connection to, to holidays and conjunctions. To really date and numbers um, and time. And beloved, uh, before I bring one more person in, um, Neil Fife or Core, what university are you studying at? Right now, the Goon Goon and my ancestors is having me study with them because I haven't had a, outside of being in New Orleans and meeting the voodoo, piece, the voodoo community a little bit there, I haven't had anybody that was like well enough mentally to be my teacher, if that makes sense. Like, uh, it's been a really strong jealousy. So, I've been waiting for the proper teacher to come into my life. Listen, I, Until then, they've been having me study on my own. I, listen, I hear you. I support you in your endeavor. But I'm talking about university. We need strong like goddesses, you. strong kings and queens like you that have that herbal knowledge that herbal awareness that all alter- but we also need y'all to have some mds and some doctorates and some you know mm-hmm. so that y'all can go into the pharmaceutical industry and make things a little bit easier for us to, right. to sort of navigate this thing um i'm finding out i mean here recently and i'm you know not that far away from 60 um these doctors don't know nothing about herbs they don't. they don't have a clue. <clears throat> but if you really understand herbs and have been taught properly, you, you know the wrong herbal combination can kill somebody. The wrong mm-hmm. herbal combination can make you sick. But also mm-hmm. mixing herbs with over-the-counter and commercial drugs can also not only just be toxic, but also, you know, lessen the effects of some medications mm-hmm. that you might be prescribed you know, for some serious conditions, you know, diabetes, heart condition, high blood pressure, and then you're taking, you know, black cohort root, you know, or or even turmeric, you know, in some cases. So, man, I I worship the ground of a goddess, you know, who loves plants 
and 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 is learning, you know, to uh, to obtain, humbling themselves to obtain in that knowledge. But girlfriend, get that degree. Get I'm that, trying. Get that degree. <laughs> we, we need more people like you. And we're going to welcome somebody into the conversation, if you don't mind. Um, Neophyte Bocor, he's a regular co-host. Come on in, beloved. Hello, family. Hello, everybody. Greetings Hi. and salutations. Nice to be here once again. Be able to share with everybody. Oh, man. What a day I've been having. Um, I hope everybody's been enjoying this, this new energy that we're in. Right. We got 2021, the, the actual date of the um, Aquarius energy that, we'll be, that we're refining ourselves in right now. This is the official date. We've been in it personally for, uh, for the last 20 years. That's, that is the essence of it. That energy started creeping up on us around that 20-year mark, about 20 years ago, is when we really started getting into yeah. it. And now they're especially here. Welcome to your superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and like, um, um, oh, shoot, I can't see her name. Oh, Azurite. Forgive me, beloved. Um, like Azurite, you know, she was born to be here in this time. And there were mm-hmm. others who were born in this time, you know, and, and there will be those who will be birthed out of this particular season. Mm-hmm. But when, when we think about, you know, and I like to tie memories back to music. You know, all those uh, hippie-like songs, you know, that were really popular in the late 60s and the late 70s that talked about the age of Aquarius, that talked about Pisces. You know, they talked about the, um, the coming of the, uh, uh, of the new world order, as Neophyte Bokur uh, uh, worded it. We are all, to some degree, a product of that, a, a manifestation of that. Um, I think no one would have predicted a time when people would not have been focused in on religion and organized world religion, but seeking alternative consciousness, as well as alternative medicine and alternative healing um, in the way in which it's it's happening right now. And, and sort of my uh, message is that, you know, listen, this conjunction happens every 20 years. Every 20 years, and it happens for those who are, who can hear, who can see, whose third eye is open, who, who's ready mm-hmm. to embrace that energy, and who are operating in a world of reality. And, and that's one of my concerns about sort of the superhero message. Um, I'm glad to see no one in the, in the chat is like on that, <laughs> Are you all even aware that that's a thing? I mean, in Twitter, it's a thing. In Facebook, it's a thing. And people are talking about waking up with superpowers today. And listen, I already gave my, you know, my PSA. I I do not limit any opportunity that's going to bring people joy, that's going to give people a sense of hope, that's going to give people a sense of there's an alternative, you know, to, to, to their darkness. But let's keep it in the realm of, of reality. <laughs> now let's manifest it into the physical world. So please, you know, get your, your, your mastery in, in herbology, but also become a pharmacist for us. Become a doctor for us. You know, become a healthcare 
professional. Now, now you ain't got to necessarily do the COVID. You know, you, you can do the other avenues of keeping us healthy. The, the prophylactic aspect. We eat our our way to wealth. We eat mm-hmm. our way to wealth. And wealth and health are the same thing. There is no wealth without health. What's, what's the point of having everything, but but you're too sick to enjoy it? You're too sick to manifest it, you know. And and sometimes the younger we are, we we don't think about, you know, your building blocks right now, in terms of what you eat, what you drink, what you allow in your body, that indeed will affect you when you're 30, when you're 40 when you're 50. And sometimes you don't even think about it until you get to that age. I'm in the age where I'm thinking about now all the positives about how we ate growing up that I know are affecting, you know, my youthfulness at my age now. And we just weren't allowed to have certain things. You know, we weren't allowed to have Kool-Aid. We weren't allowed to mess around with with white sugar, you know, and, and white flour, you know, a whole lot, you know. And we weren't Vegan. Vegan wasn't a thing back then. Vegetarian wasn't a common word you heard, you know, back then. But we had already had a generation or two of Garveyites, you know, the the, the children of, of the nation of Islam of that time um, and, and their teachings on health and wellness had matriculated into the community. So there's been that segment of, of, of our community that's been focused on what we eat and what we drink and, and limiting the poison and our voluntary willingness to take in the poison, you know, since as early as the, the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. We're just in a very new day now with, with new technology. And some of you uh, younger than myself are powerful individuals in terms of you know, your ability to handle math better than me, your ability to handle English better than me, your ability to navigate the technology uh, better than me. But this conjunction is an opportunity for us to manifest in, in balance, in balance that which we know, and to be truthful about that which we know, to be honest about that. Because when you're not honest with yourself about that, what you know, you, you shut down opportunities to gain new information. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's literal, and sometimes it's, you know, God will literally stop communicating things to you. Oh, well, he knows, so let me back off. <laughs> you know, but I know old folks that do that. You know, the minute you interrupt, the minute you, they shut, they shut down. They shut down. All old folks ain't mean and crappy. <laughs> they, they they learn to be quiet and, and and to be quiet for a reason, you know. You know, and it pays off in the long term. Um, this is indeed an opportunity. This conjunction of something other than what we've had to manifest. We see it happening in the politics. We see it happening all around us right now, even in terms of the economy. Um, there are certain aspects of the economy that are still new and uncharted and, and desire a looking into by people from our community. I also wanted to speak to um, another issue. I, I almost got distracted, beloved, before I came into the show today, uh, Azurite and, and Neophyte and, and my audience. Um, and, and sometimes y'all hear me say, stay away from that homepage. 
That homepage on Twitter, Facebook, that's where you get messed up at. <laughs> that's where you see something crazy or something that really plucked your last, you know. And so I, I don't want to give a whole lot of details. Um, some of you will thoroughly understand why. Um, but there's sort of an argument, a back and forth going on right now about ex- expatriating to the motherland, you know, and, and what might be the blessings and or complications associated with that. Um, it's gotten real, y'all. In, in certain countries in West Africa, it's gotten real. Um, there's a little bit of drama. Uh, one African-American was actually murdered uh, by the military um, not too long ago because he was said to be hanging around, lurking around, you know, some government buildings and facilities. He had been warned. He had been arrested, you know, and let out only to go back and be found to be, and they shot him. And, and, and now it's an international scandal, as you can imagine. But mm-hmm. there's also other stories, you know, that have been circulating. Uh, other African-Americans in West Africa, you know, who are speaking to either the blessings and or complications. And then there's this other nuance. As an American who's never traveled to Africa, there's a nuance to those videos that even I can detect that would be irritating to the Africans that are born there. And so there's this sort of energy that someone born in the West takes there. There's a certain expectation of power, electricity, water, even convenience, you know, some of us get real huffy if you in a checkout line longer than five minutes. Some of y'all get real worked up, you know, if somebody sits at the light too long. You know, we call that road rage, you know. So we take that to, to West Africa with all this romantic feelings about West Africa, and West Africans see that as a problem, as a problem. It comes off as arrogant. It comes off as ego. It comes off as selfish. It, it comes off as, you know, sort of like we do here. Oh, oh they come in to take our jobs. They, they come in here to disrupt our communities. And then when you have events, you know, as with what happened, I believe that was in Gambia with, with the young man and, and the military, you know, things get a little more dicey, you know, in, in their mind in terms of looking at us because, see, we the foreigners. In, in their mindset, you might be Black American, but you foreigner, you know, setting up in Gambia, setting up in Ghana, setting up in Nigeria, then getting on YouTube because this is primarily where this is going on, um, and complain about a b, you know, the electricity, the power, that you, you know, and, and and in a very Western way, we say, oh well, it's my right to complain. I, I pay my money; it's my right. Okay, but you. <laughs> You know, that sense of protection and safety tea that we have here in America, you know, we really believe the president ain't going to just show up at our house and blow us off the map in America. Mm-hmm. But you ain't got that same guarantee, you know, in, in outside mm-hmm. of the USA. You just don't. And, and it's real easy for us to get into a battle of, you know, the white man versus the black. I'd much rather be in Africa doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. And there's some brothers and sisters over there that's doing great, 
from what they tell and what they show and what they should doing absolutely great, no problem whatsoever. Some well known people. Um, I, I'm just trying not to give out too many details. Some of y'all already know. Um, you already know what you're talking yeah, about. you already know, <laughs> beloved, <laughs> and you know why I'm being very careful because this is an mm-hmm. ugly situation. This, this is really ugly. Is. Because on the one hand, you now have people who are on the attack. Like, mm-hmm. oh, y'all just trying to keep black folks from going to Africa, and y'all just trying to... And then on the other side, you got the the the, the, the natural-born Africans mm-hmm. that, um, man, they put out some aggressive videos. <laughs> they are. It's a lot of videos out, and it's like a battle, not to cut you off, but it's like no. a battle of... Who's got the worst experience um, and like what they went through when they got there. And like for me, like from what I've seen here is that, first of all, a lot of people that are going back over to the motherland, they're not in tune with their indigenous bloodlines. That's the first problem. They don't know who their tribe is here. They just say they black, not understanding that in order for you to get the health and the medicine that you need, you need to know exactly who your tribe is. Because everybody's tribe's medicine ain't the same. Trying to go to the Hopi and you Navajo trying to get your ancestors healed, they might be able to help you, but they can't give you exactly what you need. So that's the first problem. People don't know exactly who they are. And then some of them get this little ancestry test done. They find out they like 25% Ghanaian. But the thing is, these the names of these countries now is not the name of the countries when we were there before we were brought to America or brought to Brazil or brought to wherever our ancestors were brought to during the transatlantic slave trade if they were brought. Because a lot of people have more indigenous bloodline that was in America or Brazil already or Mexico or, you know what I'm saying, South America, and they don't know who their ancestors are, 100%. Mm-hmm. So they go over there, and I had saw one video where it was like a family, and they were talking about how, and I go say no name. But they were talking about how, like, I already struggled and put my work in in America. So when I went to Ghana, I expected to have running water and a mansion and this and that. Dog, you ain't putting in your hours. I'm going to just be honest with you. Just because you royalty or you think you royalty here, doesn't mean you just going to go over there and you're going to be given a silver platter. Like, a lot of people that are leaving from America and going to Africa, they bought their way here. And they think they're going to go over there and buy their way over there. And... They're not built the same. Like a lot of people that are going, not saying everybody, but a lot of people that's going over there, they ain't never had to be on the streets here. They ain't never been homeless. They ain't never had to stay in a shelter. They ain't never had none of their stuff taken from them. They ain't never really been out here for real. You know what I'm saying? Like they so used to going to the store, buying herbs to do stuff for their ancestors. They so used to having everything handed to them. They ain't never really had to go out here and really survive for real, for real. And so when they meet people like me or they meet the people over in Africa, they got an issue because they're not understanding that they're not on the same way. They're just not. And and we're not just talking about in the bush. (laughs) You know, uh, I can tell by her conversation, uh, Zurite knows exactly what I'm talking about. So we're not talking about people that's just in the bush, because some of the people in this conversation are in the bush or in the village. Some of the people in this conversation live in the city. And then some of the people in this conversation live in different countries. So you, you got Nigeria in this, you got Ghana in this, you got the Gambia in this, you got Kenya in this. So for those of us who are watching this conversation, um, we're getting every side, we're getting every perspective, you know, good, bad, but we're also getting the backlash. 
just like here in America, people who don't like the truth, even if it's the truth, people who don't like the lie, you know, and damn sure going to get you on the lie. You know, it's, it's just like America, but it's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> it is scary. It is. Yeah, because, because it's like, where is this coming from? Like, I got all kind of conspiracy theories in my head. <laughs> you know, I do. Because, you know, I, I agree. Okay, it could be the U.S. government who, who doesn't want to yeah. see that happen successfully. It could yeah. indeed be the West African countries who don't want to see it successfully. And then there's that component that we didn't mention, um, terrorism. You know, yeah. the, guy, the guy who got shot, you know, nobody wants to say what was wrong with him. You know, no one seemed to know what was happening with him. And, mm-hmm. and they have quickly distanced themselves from bruh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but there's that mist in the air that, you know, it could have been terrorism. It could have been, you know, some other element. So, you know, the West Africans have a right to be worked up. They have a right to be concerned yeah. that, you know, no matter what you think about our life, we was good before y'all decided, you know, y'all want to come here. We was good before y'all decided to romanticize, you know, your a- ancestral connection to this. Because like um, Azurite mentioned, they they talking about it. Them West Africans are talking about it. Who is your people? Where you come the from? The ancestors talking about it. Yeah. You know, you can't just show up and say, you know, I... I Harambe, you know, Habar Gandhi, Ghani, you know, I, I celebrate the ancestors. Bro, who is you? Just like in, you know, I don't know if Compton is that way today, but I know what Compton was like back in the 90s and back in the 80s. You know, what neighborhood you from? You know, who are you? You know, you don't just show up. And, you know, it, it appears if all you care about is the money. If all you care about is material things, they're doing well. They got land, they got houses, they, you know, they're doing their thing. But it's the, it's the language mm-hmm. and, the, and the way it's being demonstrated that's not mm-hmm. African. And, and somebody's looking at me right now, well, who is you and how do you know what you're talking? I don't have to have gone to Africa. I know way too many Africans. I've met way too many Africans in my life. I'm, I'm befriended and family with way too many Africans right now, virtually even. I can tell when the energy ain't. You can tell. You don't have to have gone there to know when a when a, a black American is presenting a Western energy that's negative. That's well, you know, colonized. Yeah, a colonized energy. You know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I could go to Africa and then get on YouTube and talk about my acreage or, or, or talk about, you know, I, I don't know if my, my videos would be more than just scenery <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, look at the trees, look at the water, look at the animals, you know, look at the, the city, look at the village. But, you know, um, even the idea that they're walking around in certain sort of federalized places or nationalized places. Um, with their camera out too much, you know, almost in a very stereotypical way how we used to uh, project Japanese people back in the 60s and the 70s, you know, who invented the Nikon camera and, you know, and so we sort of stereotype them as tourists with a camera, 
And so we're finding out, sister and I, that the, the West Africans, they, they ain't liking that. They they ain't liking you, your iPad and your iPhone and you filming everything, you know. They're they not liking that. And they see how it's been being promoted online. Because one of the sisters mentioned that. Y'all trying to get likes and follows. Likes and follows, you know, and this is our life. We live here. You know, this is our people. This is our land. You know, um, she even talked about um, jealousy. One side is being accused of being jealous of the other. And, of course, one side is suggesting, why would I be jealous of this side? And and it's a, it's, it's a ugly hip-hop-like, hood-like back and forth. You know, and, and one of the sisters said that. You want me to be hood. <laughs> you know, you know, you're trying to make me be hood, you know, and I don't want to be hood, the sister said. You know, I'm this is my land. This is my people. I'm here. Um, and they're bringing that element. And, and it's a shame because some of them are doing really well. And um, I'm concerned about them. I don't know about you, Azura Wright, but I'm concerned. I am concerned. Yeah. I am concerned. Like, my thing with it is, is that I want everybody to get to the root of it because I honestly feel like a lot of why people feel so on edge when they go there is that a lot of families in Africa are not addressing the families that are in royal standing that were part of the transatlantic slave trade because your soul don't forget. Mm -hmm. Everybody might, you know what I'm saying, they might be on the diaspora doing rituals with each other now, but that soul memory don't go away. If you anybody like me, like me, I'm not about to go out there and be bright on who I am. I've had people of African bloodline try to kidnap me in America, let alone go over there and do it. So it's like people... They're not walking in a truth. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, if you're really doing your work out here, then you will understand to a degree of why certain things are the way when it comes to Africans, so they say, being different from Black Americans. And I feel like until people get to that root core of addressing those that were part of the transatlantic slave trade, those that are still African allies to colonizers, not only in America, but over there as well as other places that we were taken to, then it's going to continue to be this battle. It's going to be, everybody's going to feel like they got a, like, turkey war, you know what I'm saying? Like how they say in the streets, like, this my hood, this my, this my borough, this my ward. If you ain't, you know, part of my crew, my clique, or if you haven't given me my dues and my money or whatever it is in exchange, then you can't be here. And, like, it shouldn't be like that, but it, it's crazy that it's taking us getting to Corona mm -hmm. for people to realize that they got to change and they got to get to it. Even with the indigenous people, like, I didn't understand why there was so much hostility towards people of color in the indigenous community. And then I realized that it's because there's a lot of unspoken allyship that has happened from African descended people with the colonizers that hasn't, they just covered it up. You know, they haven't addressed it. Like in Nigeria, I didn't know there was a caste system like in India. It took like a week ago, my ancestors brought that to me. And so I'm like, oh, this makes a lot of sense because while I live at, it's a very big Nigerian African disport group here. And I was like, why it seems like they're monopolizing everything until it's, I was, you know, brought about this caste system. Now it makes more sense to me. So even that, a caste system, like, do you not know how hard that is to get out of, especially if it's intergenerationally? Like, that's something that's in your blood, that's in your bones, that's in your, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's in you, in you. That was especially if they sacrifice your family members for it, you know? 
I, I don't want to interrupt you because you had a lot to say, and we need to, and we need to hear it, especially on your birthday. Uh, but that was one of the things that also came up in, in the video was sort of the idea of the barter, the trade. You know, I give you information, you know, they expect something. But that that's not unique to you as an African-American. That's something that they do amongst themselves, you know. Like Sister said, you 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 Yoruba, you know, but and you sell in, and then you show up at the marketplace, but you got a wolf accent, you know. They might charge you ten dollars more, you know. They might charge you a few bucks more, but then the American with the Western mindset gets on YouTube, you know, and complains about it, and and and, and you know, much like we have a reputation for not tipping in America which is something I do, by the way, I tip, I tip extremely well, you know, when it comes time to tip, you know, for, for the same reasons I would if I was in West Africa, you know, for, for the same reason. So um, it is about mindset, decolonizing the mind, repatriating the mind. And when we think about winter solstice and, and the sun setting at the top of the crown, you know, of the, of a golden pyramid, you know, the, the illumination of the third eye. Many cultures and secret orders in the world have, have, have borrowed that symbolism. It's on the back of your money. It's all up in the Mason, Masonic order. It's all up in your religious, you know, secret societies. You know, th this concept that I'm talking about, you know, which we sit in in this conjunction right now an opportunity to indeed have access to the all-seeing eye, all-seeing consciousness, but it requires humility on our part, being honest about what we really know, about what, what power we really have, about what superpower we're really operating in. I still want to know who started that idea that today was the day of, you know, superpowers, and, and we're going to wake up with, with, you know, with these superpowers, you know, that we aren't, as Neophyte Bokor uh, suggested, haven't already been nurturing for the last 20 years. You know, th th this is something that happens continually. We mark year, we mark weeks, we mark days, we mark conjunctions over 400 years. But this is an astronomical machine that's happening 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every moment of our journey. We're creating and recreating our reality. Every, every moment of our journey, the past and the present exist only in this moment that, that we stand in, that, that we occupy in. So I'm grateful for the conjunction. Yeah, I definitely got a couple of things to say about that one. Oh, I'm sorry. You already interrupted yeah, the, the, um, speak. the superpowers that I refer to. Yeah, um, I'm sorry about that. The the superpowers that I'm referring to, the genetic code that we are born with, the unlocking and unmapping of of things that have already been in our on our genes that lie dormant, right? We we only know that these things are are things that are that can be unlocked by the different vibrations of the planets. The, the music that these different planets give off mm -hmm. all year long, the, from the time that you were born to the time that you're no longer here, to your, uh, your great ancestors, 
the radiation that comes from these different planets and things of that nature, uh, they, they unlock the different radiation found in your body. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not getting ready to wake up and be like X-Men, Wolverine, or something like that. That's an over-exaggeration of what is already there. That's a cartoon version of what's there. Right? So, yeah, if we can blame our entertainment, our entertainment is a good way of uh, uh, saying exactly how we've got this weird notion of uh, of these superpowers that are getting ready to be unlocked. But it's like an over-exaggeration of a description that is found in what it is that our bodies naturally do. Description of Superman is black people. Your sun, abs- your skin absorbs the sun, which gives you the different uh, vitamins and minerals and things released into your body to make you what it is that you are now. How are you not Superman already? <laughs> I'm just saying. And, and listen, uh, look and at the description, and you'll find your answer. Hold on for a second. And listen, I agree with you uh, when you started talking about vibrations and harmonics and tone and music. That's something that I've talked about, you know, over the years, off and on, at various points. Particularly our connection to music, you know, not just the flute, not just the the, the drum, you know, the the rattle, but we have a deep connection to music. Our, our kids learn words much quicker if, if they set to music. Learn math much sooner, you know, if, if somehow they can find the rhythm in a thing. And, and it's a, a, a gift that's also been used as a stereotype against us. You know, the shuck and jive, the black people that always dance and sing and perform and smile. But there's a, 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 a dehumanizing that takes place in that process that has separated us from that gift in the music. There's a magic that takes place in the rhythm, in the music. And even in divination of today, Ifa, Yoruba, uh, Akan, Igbu, divination of the, of, the, of the day, there's a tapper and, and there's a rhythm that's tapped out, that's pounded mm-hmm. out on the divination board. And that rhythm, mm-hmm. that pattern also matches the, the possible odus that are able to be burped on the divination table by way of the palm nuts, pounding the palm nuts, or casting the shells. And it then, again, goes back to rhythm, harmony. Um, we get accused of cross, crossing cultural references, but I indeed use a singing bowl, indeed, because it resets that vibration. It's the quickest way to reset vibration is that singing bowl. I can detach whatever you came in here with instantly by, by tapping that, that singing bowl, but also bring ourselves back into balance and alignment. So this conjunction is indeed great. And so there's a harmony, there's a vibration, there's a rhythm that's being sent out now that shifts things a little in, in, in a new direction. And so even in using my quartz crystals, you know, if you have an intimate relationship with them, um, they reach a certain velocity and they might crack or chip, Mm -hmm. you know, or or become damaged. And if you have an ear, you can tap them and and you you don't hear that note anymore. It, It has shifted. 
Now, that doesn't mean that the piece is no longer usable. It's indeed usable, but it's now vibrating on a different note, a different key. So these different shifts astronomically, you know, that that affect our astrology and and, and horoscopes and, and whatnot, are indeed something that our ancestors would have found to be of indeed great importance to be able to map what was going on in nature. And, and they saw themselves as a part of nature, as, as an extension of nature. So what the sun can do, we can do. And so we too can be reborn from the, from the darkest and lowest depths, you know, of our being, which, which is where the sun is, is said to be right now as it begins its journey again in the horizon, you know, towards towards the northern the northern hemisphere. This this is the darkest and shortest day of the year. And then there's that three day period and then the sun begins to reemerge again. So an ancient Egyptian Christmas would have been today and it would have been a twelve day celebration um, with Various healing rituals, ceremonies, you know, honoring Ra. Of course, in, in the time of uh, um, Nefertiti and Akhenaten, they would have been acknowledging the Aten, A T E N, the Aten, which is that golden sun disc with the extended hands coming out, offering, there you go, beloved, offering power and energy um, to us you know, to, to, to not only grow food and crops and, and physically, but to also grow at a conscious level, at a spiritual level. So so let this not be just another day that we say, oh, I burnt my candles and I burnt my sage. And, you know, right. let this also be a time where we really put things into motion. This might be the time that that book absolutely has to be done and produced. That movie has to be done and produced. That song has to be done and produced. That that dress has to be done and produced. That item you're creating has to be done and produced. That door is now, one door opens, another door closes. Yes, indeed. One door opens, another door closes. Another season has ended. And, and you know, it might take us some time to figure out how that shows up, you know, in, in our being. For some of us, it's coming of age. It's coming into maturity. It's stepping into our spiritual truths truthfully, honestly, realistically, and knowing where you have to, okay, I need to make a list of things that I need to do in order to stand up fully in my truth as the individual that we already are, that you already see yourself. That's a word right there. Yeah. I have uh, so many different things I've been encountering myself. Is it? Well, I still practice my tarot divination, and I still get people asking me a lot of different questions. Um, and I want to share as many of those questions as I can without, you know, revealing their private lives and everything. But I, I seem to keep running into those same uh general questions about uh, uh, when it comes to it, how, how do you know, how do you recognize the, the, the energies? How do you, how do you recognize it? Well, 
for starters, let's stop looking at how we're defining the word energy itself. I mean, because vibration, uh, sunbeams, all those things, those are all different, the different types of energy. How do you recognize it? Well, you recognize the sun when it beams down on your skin. That's for starters, right? You recognize that you get cancer if you get um, exposed to certain radiations. That's a vibration, right? So when you're exposed to these different frequencies, that's how you know that you're in tune with the different energies. The energies but, are but, but, but hold energies up. are vibrations. But hold up, and yeah. all, but in all fairness, but in all fairness, yes, you know, I, I got a kooky kind of mind. In all fairness, <laughs> to the people, it helps me grow. Yeah, to the people who might not be seen. Now, the sun gives us so much more that we don't feel on our skin, that we don't right, see exactly. right away, that we don't acknowledge right away. Uh, for example, vitamin vitamin D. Many of you, mm-hmm. especially who live north of me, who have real winter, real snow, because the leaves fall off all of y'all's trees. You know, y'all go through four cycles of seasons. We, we don't get all of that New Orleans. <laughs> Give thanks. <laughs> and don't get quite that cold here. But you you suffer often vitamin deficiency. And and do the research on mm-hmm. lack of vitamin D and what yeah. those symptoms show up as. You know, there are many yeah, little right. things that we overlook, don't pay attention to, that could just be a result of a lack of vitamin D. And all your vitamin D should not be coming from milk, you know, or, or from the packaged vitamin. You know, we indeed need a certain amount of sunlight to survive and not just to absorb the vitamin D. That that's our number one source of vitamin D is sunlight. But, but also the other mm-hmm. colors in the spectrum. That's why I remind you of right. quartz crystals. White light... Quartz crystal contains every color in the rainbow, every color in the spectrum. That's why we wear white in the summer and black in the winter. Black absorbs light, absorbs every color into it. So white is projective. Now, quartz can be both receptive and projective. It can pull energy in, but it can also project energy out at the same time. And your quartz crystal, your natural, uncut, unpolished quartz crystal, all I had this done was set it set in silver, but this was never cut, never polished. This, this is just a rock. Um, it's able to pull in that sunlight and hold it for longer periods of time. So you'll find that if it's a sunny day, you know, it the snow didn't clear it out a little bit, and you can go out to the park, or you can set your stones out on the ledge or out on the balcony, you know, so they can absorb that light, do so. And you'll notice, especially if you have a sensitive eye, that when you bring them back in, they'll be glowing. They'll be vibrating. And they will hold that light for a period of time. And we do the same thing with moonlight. So these conjunctions, you know, at, at this particular fork in the road, are great for empowering our stones, our minerals, our rituals, you know, our math, if you will, and, and of course ourselves. But but let let this be a season of the of the doers. 
Let this be the season of yeah. result-oriented work. And document it. Document it. Yeah, I, yeah I, that I, is important. Document it. That's important. a good one. Because um, I, I want to go into one more um, spectrum, if you don't mind. We're looking at our, our rainbow. We're looking at our color spectrum. That field of light that we see is the only thing that we see. The only reason why we see that, that's what we can pick up with our eyes. We got to take into the fact that radio waves are on the same frequency as light waves. The same thing that, that radiates from our sun is the same thing that we hear. We hear light. We hear forms of light that we can't see with our eyes. The, radio, the, the spectrum, the, yeah, exactly. The spectrum of light that we see is about this big compared to the larger spectrum of light that actually comes in contact with, you know, that comes in contact with us. Mm-hmm. So we're not just seeing visually the different colors. We're also hearing different colors because it's vibrating on a, on a scale that you can't see with your eyes. You can't see ultraviolet, but we know that it's kind of a purplish kind of thing. Well, we have ways of being able to measure it. But you can't see it with your eyes. You also can't see X-ray. But it's a form of ray that comes in from the sun and other places that affects our body. That's why you need a lead shield to keep you from being hit by those X-rays. Those X-rays can be toxic to your body if they're just X-rays by themselves. That's a form of light. We can't see we can't see microwaves either. We can't see microwaves. Which is why about, that seven, is about seven years ago, comes from which is why about seven years ago, I threw right. out my microwave. I said I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, I had gotten so I had gotten so paranoid I couldn't even be in the kitchen if the microwave was on. I would have to go to another room. You know, because I wasn't sure how far I could reach. You know, right. is it coming? Is it leaking through a crack? You know, right. they they only manufacture these things what three at a time. Right. You ever why your bugs? Yeah, uh, the the, spe- the the spectrum of light is so small in comparison to the larger spectrum of light. Uh, on that scale, when you just look, just Google it real quick and look at that bar, that bar is so wide, but the thing that we see is is so small. And then you got to consider like it takes a crystal course for your radio to pick up the frequency. Why is that? Because it's receptive to those bandwidths, right? What happened 20 years ago when our military they took over certain bandwidth? to be able to control your emergency broadcast signal. Well, why did they need that whole entire lower vibration? So that they can introduce the Wi-Fi that we're listening to now. Now, that's being picked up on your phone, right? These are bandwidths and radio waves that our bodies can. If you are, I, I don't know, maybe um, um Purifying your body, you know, trying to elevate your body's vibrations, quote unquote. You take a little water, you get, you start becoming more, uh, more positively charged and whatnot. Yeah. You don't realize that you literally be getting shocked by everything if you're if you're positively charged. Yeah. 
Otherwise, I'll just mute you if oh, you don't listen. Oh, okay. Well, well, I'll I'll keep you on mute. Thank you for listening. I certainly appreciate it. I just wanted to be sure that um, you weren't having a problem um, getting in. Somebody in the chat is suggesting they have a problem getting in. Just call me at area code 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. If you indeed are ready with your question, comment, or request, just press the number one. Um, LaShawn Law, I don't quite get what you mean by it won't let me in. Um, oh, you mean it won't let you on screen? You have to follow. Um, if you're trying to get on screen, your webcam and your microphone, you need to press the allow button when you're prompted to do so on your computer. Uh, and you follow the link that I just put in the chat if you're trying to activate your webcam and come on screen. If you are not and all you have is phone, then you can call me at Eric code 845-277-9143 and we just won't be able to see you but we will at least be able to hear you, and um, I can open your mic, and then you can ask your question or your comment. Um, Azurite, please forgive me. Um, Neophyte Bokur for interrupting. Uh, Azurite, by the way, I love your name. It was one of the first minerals that I was introduced to. I have such an intimate yeah, relationship. I, I have such an intimate relationship with stones. I remember exactly when I meet them, like people when we first dated. When we got married, meaning I wore it on my neck, you know, for a number of years. And so I, my first piece was a double-terminated, rutilated, smoky quartz. Oh, I love rutilated quartz. So it was smoky, meaning it was, you know, a little darker than your clear quartz. Mm-hmm. Not radiated, because sometimes they put them through microwaves yes, to make them know. dark in color. And they make them dark artificially. I'm not talking about that. It's about natural. a naturally terminated. Um, and rutilated means it has a gold mineral. Sometimes it's pyrite. Yeah, sometimes it's pyrite. Sometimes it's other gold minerals in it, sort of like thin needles that run through it. Oh. It was double terminated. That was one of my first stones, actually. <laughs> it was double terminated, meaning it had a, a, a natural point at the top and the bottom. It was set in silver. And then on top of that was the chrysocolla and the azurite, and then a fire opal in the middle. And that was my first piece. I wore it for maybe three years. I wore it for at least three years without taking it off. Um, 
and absorbing its power and its energy and letting it absorb my power and my energy, you know, learning each other so that I could learn exactly what it was it was set to do. So your name really jumped out at me. I, I like that. Well, I appreciate it. Well, my name actually came from me meeting as the Rise of Stone for the first time. Like, oh, okay. I saw the stone, and at the time, I knew a little bit about stones, but I wasn't really, like, all the way into it, into it. Like, I was just kind of skating the surface still. But when I saw it, I was just like, I, I didn't touch nothing else. I sat with the stone for, like, hours, literally. It was, it was like a time warp. Like, I was gone somewhere else. And it literally talked to me. It was like, I'm you within another dimension. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is me. This is yeah, like, yeah. It was like, it's dark and sparkly like me. <laughs> yes, I like that. Yes, now, Namisha, Namisha Banerji. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, beloved. Greetings. Thank you so much for being present. Um, I'm not sure I understand what you're asking of me. Could I please give an intro of your channel? Um, are you asking me to do like a, a bio or like what is my channel about? If I'm understanding you, it's voodoo. My channel is revolutionary hoodoo, New Orleans voodoo, secrets and recipes. That's the name of my podcast. That's the name of this show. That's the name I've used on Blog Talk Radio for about 11, maybe 12 years. Um, and the name of my YouTube channel might be a little confusing is Respect the Voodoo um, uh, because it speaks to exactly who and what I am. Um, it's also my legal tagline. Um, I, I have actually legally trademarked Respect the Voodoo, by the way. <laughs> so don't try to put it on no product and sell it because I'm coming for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what this channel is, and it, and it is about um, not just hoodoo, voodoo, obia, um, you know, as you might imagine it. I would say it's more about ATR, traditional African-based religious system. So I don't want to assume where you're located. I have a broad audience. I actually do have listeners from all over the world. Um, to include uh, Cameroon and Ghana, uh, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, Kenya, Ethiopia, South Africa, of course, France, Germany, Poland, Australia. You know, they're some of my top listening countries. Uh, Australia, the United Kingdom, Canada, Germany, and of course, the U.S. Those are my top countries. But I'm listened to and I'm looking at my interactive map right now. I'm listening to in China, India, Pakistan, Vietnam, Cambodia. And so you, I can imagine why someone would ask, what is this show? What's the intro? So it's about indigenous spirituality and religion from the way that our ancestors, wherever you are in the world, would have approached spirituality and religion. Um, your question makes me rethink my title. Your question absolutely makes me rethink rewriting my bio, re rewriting particularly the intro as it relates to what this show is. Um, when I open up, it's sort of a mantra. It's sort of a prayer. 
you know, it's sort of an affirmation being spoken that realigns us with not only the universe from sort of a cosmic, spiritual, quantum, metaphysical perspective, but from an ancestral perspective. And for us in America, in the U.S., that's important because of slavery. And I understand that with an international audience, you all don't always understand the big deal around slavery. Why do they always talk about slavery? Why slavery and race and everything that they talk about, you know, in the U.S.? And and I could do a whole show on that. We could do a whole series of shows on just that. Uh, that that would be political. That would be historical. Um, you know, that that would be like watching, you know, CNN. You know, so this show is about that power in what our ancestors would have done, would have believed, would have acknowledged. So so it is about magic. It is about healing. It is about getting better acquainted with with the earth, with herbs and roots. And, and minerals and stones, not just to bring your boyfriend back or to bring your girlfriend back or, or to help you no. win the lotto, you know, but to change our very mind. Thank you for mentioning that. To change our very minds, our very spirits, our very bodies. You know, if you're eating, forgive me, mom, because my mother is often listening. Uh, if you're eating bullshit, you can't expect to produce nothing but some bullshit. You know, you, your mind ain't clear. You, you eating uh, dead animals. You eating the pus and mucus of cows and chickens. We eating synthesized organic, uh, um, not organic, um, um, artificial this, fake that, you know, chemicalized products, you know. And then we expect that we're gods. And then we expect that we're goddesses, that, that we're functioning at our, our 100. So this show does, to the outside, it looks like we ramble. It might look like we move from one thing to another. But to, to the community, and I would pray to the community that's listening, if I'm wrong, correct me in, in a chat. If I'm wrong, neophyte vocore, you know, Azurite, correct me. But to us, it, it's all the same song, just different notes, different harmonies to the equation. Because we do talk about what we eat. Sometimes we do talk about politics. Sometimes we do talk about religion. Sometimes and we talk about spirituality a whole lot. We talk about quantum metaphysics a whole lot. Dark matter, dark space, how that affects us. Negative energy, how that affects us. We we talk about shadow work. And so today, I love your question, um, Namisha. I hope I'm saying your name right. Um, so today, the intro to this channel would be um, the winter solstice as it relates to those who operate in ATR, African-based spirituality and tradition. And, and that includes indigenous practices. We talk about Australia. We talk about um, uh, Guatemala. We talk about Honduras. We talk about uh, Maria Leonza in, in, in Argentina. I'm sorry, in Venezuela. We talk about um, Candable in, in Brazil. Um, we, we talk about many traditions throughout the diaspora. 
So that was a great question, beloved, and it made me think. And I appreciate that. And though you didn't say it, I'm going to readdress my intro, my written intro. I am. I'm going to readdress what my written intro says this show is. I can see how that could throw people off. Some people come here, and I, and I said Zorite laughing. Some people come here looking for quick matches. They, they think, do. They think this show is going to be about what spell do I need so I wake up tomorrow and Prince Charming is, you know. Not Prince Charming. Oh, they want perfection, baby. They want perfection. And it's nothing wrong. If you're looking for the... Um, if you're looking for the microwave magic, this ain't it. I'm um, sorry. Microwave magic. You can't pop this in the microwave magic. And it doesn't exist anywhere. And it, okay, it exists, but as as uh, Neophyte Bocor suggests, it doesn't get you anywhere. And so often those that community, that listener, they find their way back. Uh, it's very interesting how that happens because as I continue to age <laughs> and as each decade, you know, pass, you know, and, and those of you who are right there with me or are 10 years behind me or are 20 years behind me, you all have too watched, if, you, if your third eye is open, you all too have paid attention to the trends, to the patterns. Right. You know, one thing. You got people looking for snake oil. I, you can get some snake oil if you want, but it ain't going to do that for you. <laughs> oh, it could do something for you, but not what you expect. Now, now if you get the right snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hold, not hold, what hold you on. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because, you know, we, <laughs> we, cause we, got, we got, you know, we got zombie magic in Louisiana now. Now, if you get the right okay. fish, <laughs> now if you get the right fish and put them in your bottle, you know, th- there's a medicinal value. You know, Chinese medicine sells fish, not necessarily in the oil. They sell it in the alcohol. They sell it in the liquor. They sell it in the rice wine, you know, for its medicinal right. value. And, and so that's the thing, you know, those Western notions like snake oil, who, who created that thing, and and why? It, it takes me back to movies like Eve's Bayou, <laughs> you know, and I see characters park, you know, with people offering, you know, much like I can see here today, watermelon in one, peaches in another, tarot lady in, in another, mm-hmm. and, and the guy with the with the jars of fermented products. I got a lot of fermented product in my house that will heal and can kill. And and the right snake oil can kill you. People die in China. People die in Japan every year eating puffer fish, eating those delicacies, you know, that, that have certain toxins within them. And if they're not cleaned properly, if they're not cooked properly, People die. So, you know, the, the notion of quick magic and, and and me just revealing, you know, recipe after recipe and root after root, some of you would be at 911, would be in an emergency room, or, or your loved ones or whoever you're trying to harm would be 
sick or dead. You know, it's a reason that we have schools and universities that teach chemistry, that teach biology, that teach botany. You know, it's a reason. So, you know, I don't think Azurite thought I was being shady. I hope she don't think I was being shady. No, I don't think you was being shady at but all. I feel like you're being real yeah, because yeah. a lot of people don't understand the terpenes involved in all of this. It like, is. everything that we do, every herb, it has its own molecular makeup. It has its own plant communication, which is through terpenes. And quite honestly, in the African diaspora, they don't talk about that. I didn't learn about that until I started getting into Kansas. So I don't think you're being at all. Young Horace, good friend of mine, in the hip-hop community, he must have like a half a million followers. I don't know how, I don't know how he do it, but, but yeah. But greetings, beloved. Respect the voodoo for sure. He likes to promote me. He likes to promote the show. Um, so I have a lot of respect for that young man. Yes, um, Shamafia. Yes, beloved. So, yeah, we, you know... I've got some friends who are deeply into herbology. I know some master teachers. I'm talking about Dr. Sabi level master teachers. And and I don't brag. I don't overpromote. I know some of you know I have a great knowledge of herbs. If you're paying attention, you know I have a great knowledge of herbs. And sometimes I talk about them. Sometimes I just post them. They just my Instagram page. Yeah. Sometimes they're they're on my Instagram page. So I don't necessarily spend time here talking about them, but they, they be in my post. And, and I try to include information. Um, and it's always surprising to me what we don't know. Um, people are still shocked by my Rosemary post. People are still shocked by my Wandering Jew post. Some of y'all think Wandering Jew is a weed. Wandering Jew has medicinal properties in it that have been documented to prevent and to aid in conditions like Alzheimer's disease, mental clarity. Rosemary is a good tea and herb to both eat and drink for mental clarity. Yes, it is. Now, the Western mind says, ooh. When I show my recipes to my mom and she say, ooh. <laughs> you know, like, she just can't imagine it, you know. <laughs> but some of my more naturalistic listeners, you know, we ain't scared of rosemary. We're not scared of garlic. We're not scared of chewing up ginger. You know, I posted a recipe on Twitter the other day, um, and one of my European cousins, I have cousins, European cousins in, in Britain and in London. And, you know, he wanted to know, well, what's your concoction? And do, do you put them in the mason, you know, in mortar? And, and, and what's your process? And, and I kept responding, you know, I shared, details, details. I, I shared the details. Uh, it was a bowl with a piece of, of, of turmeric root in it with a, a sprig of a flower of basil, Thai basil, the flowering tip was in the bowl, some black pepper, black pepper was in the bowl, um, and, and, and some and some coconut oil and a dab of coconut oil. And so, and he kept, you know, how do you process that? That is my process. I had to come, I had to come back and say, I eat it just like that. I had to say, I eat one piece and I put it in my mouth 
And then I go back for the for the basil and I put it in my mouth and chew it. I mean, but that's my process. Right. I, I, I'm not mashing it up. I'm not mixing no potions. You know, there are things yeah. that require a potion. There are yeah. things that require the a mouth and the saliva in your mouth are is a is a process. Yeah. Your mouth is a process. It's literally the enzymes in your mouth. Yeah. But it we breaks up the uh, breaks up food naturally. But we're in the West. But we're in the West. But we're in the West. But we're in the West where we believe everything has to be cooked. Everything has to be processed. The average black family overcooks their greens. Overcooks their green beans. Overcooks your produce. You know, till it's till it's a mush. Till it's till you boil all the nutrients out of it. And that's why Big Mom and them swore by the pot liquor. Because those nutrients, just like the juicing process, would be in that pot liquor. I see your faces are right. Pot liquor <laughs> is within the bottom of your greens. <laughs> when you mix right your collard greens and your turnip greens, that's the pot liquor, y'all. And back in the day, you know, they would put pork in it. You know, but, but I'm not a pork eater. I don't support pork. But back in the day, when they ate pork, our people... Even the pork was different. Even the it beef was. was different. Even the chicken was different. Some, Everything was different. Somewhere in the 80s, I could taste a change in the chicken. That was the first sign to me that something was wrong. The chicken wasn't yeah, right it. in my mouth, and the ground beef stayed red too long. It, then I saw not, not to throw Tyson, uh Not to throw Tyson chicken under the bus, but them chickens don't cluck. I know because I pick them up. I remember the first yourself, Why are these chickens I remember one of the first types of yeah. scandals back in the day. But um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, oh, but the whole <laughs> texture of, of, our, of our meat has even changed. So if you were born after 1979, you might not know the difference. If you were born after 1984, you might not know the difference because you're used to eating that food. You're used to eating that produce. But some of us who are a little bit older recognize the shift. And then programs like 2020 and Dateline, you know, NBC, you know, started these scandalous stories about how they use carbon dioxide, for instance to keep your ground beef and your steaks red. They pump carbon dioxide under that plastic wrapping. They pump it something to make there. No, this is a real, this is true now, to keep your meats red longer. Now, of course, carbon they, is red, actually. Of course that's, they got that's caught. That's why it's being pumped in there. Of course they got caught, you know, and we, we tweaked the regulations, and now we have people who go out and monitor but, but we know that they can't monitor everything all the time. They can't they monitor, monitor and, and they make a shift over here. They make a change over there. So maybe they stopped doing yeah. carbon dioxide and then they moved on to hormones, steroids, it's you know, in your, in your food. So that's what sort of got me to back off of, of, of being a meat eater. Um, uh, the uh, liquid carbon um, is actually red. It's, uh, if, if, I, if I could show you these pictures, 
Um, but I take I take pictures. I, we're not supposed to take our cameras in there and take pictures of some of these places I pick up from. There's a big silo, a big tank, uh, a little bigger than my truck, um, where they keep the liquid carbon that they pump into the factory. As a matter of fact, before I leave most of these places, they pump that into the back of the truck to keep everything fresh, and they seal it, and it's not and it's double sealed until I get to where my destination is. They don't want you to go in there because you can die of poisoning from breathing in the fumes from out of the back of the truck. Giant freezer. You go back there for five minutes and you'll be laid out. They have to hopefully unstick you from the floor because if you're frozen to the floor too. <laughs> you, to, to drag your silly self out of the truck. Because you decided, oh, I need to put my load locks in. Well, we just put carbon dioxide in there. You might want to stop that. The Goddess Initiative is talking about the sweet potato. And and she's suggesting that an older woman told her not to buy the big sweet potato. And what I want to add to that is they're all sweet potatoes. We we try to call them yams. We try to make a distinction. And the reality is is it's all sweet potatoes. You'd be hard-pressed to find and locate a, a yam in the U.S. without going back to, to West Africa. So she might be suggesting, yeah, um, the older woman might be suggesting that the bigger sweet potatoes <laughs> might be pumped up from hormones and chemical production. I know as an or- organic grower that if you feed your, your produce, your, your uh, vegetables, even your herbs, uh, the right meals, the right nutrients, they will indeed grow and will grow sizes that you will not see in a store. But often when you get that type of development um, in a commercial establishment like a store, then she's probably suggesting that there's chemicals and hormones involved um, that you would not want to eat. I've grown cucumbers bigger than I can demonstrate on this video screen. Like four and five foot long cucumbers that would twirl and, 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 and take shape. But they were completely organic um, th- that I grew it in my own yard. If I can add to that one, um, like I was saying, it was a little while ago on the show, um, I was talking about how does it uses the, uh, uh, what chemical was that? The chemical found in most um, most fruits that produce this chemical lets the fruit know to stop growing and start the rotting process. Well, they use that chemical to spray on certain food, uh, certain other foods to, to make their growth more formal, to be more militant, or not militant, but more uh it's like a commercial process where everything is uniform. Everything grows uniformly because they're spraying these crops that don't produce this certain um, chemical on it in order for your your food to all be on that same expiration date. Shamafi is talking about the fish. Shamafi is talking about the fish. I do my best if I can to buy wild caught fish. When you go in your market, when you go in a grocery store, the first thing I say is, 
because you got to go to the counter. You got to go to where the ice is. So if your store don't have fish on ice, don't have the butchers back there ready to cut up your fish, you might be shopping at the wrong store. I only buy wild-caught fish. Even if it's frozen, it's got to be wild-caught. I don't trust the fish farms, Shamafia. <laughs> I just don't. Um, I got family in Mississippi. I got family in Louisiana. I drive back and forth through those fields, through those highways all the time. And many of you see those little ponds off the side of Highway 55, off the side of the road, like little square ponds. Those are fish farms. And within them is generally uh, catfish and tilapia, farm-raised catfish and tilapia. And, and they feed them the nutrients, the hormones, the, you know, whatever they're going to put in their particular process. That's what those fish are being raised and produced on. Um, I don't eat tilapia at all. I was obsessed with tilapia back in the early 2000s until I was better educated about farm fish. Um, so now I will only eat, um, if at all possible, wild caught fish. Wild caught can be farm raised. Are we frozen? Are y'all with me? I'm back. I'm having a water. <laughs> All is a blessing. Uh, let me check my phone lines because now I have hands raised. <clears throat> so I'm going to go oh, ahead. I had something I wanted to add to what y'all were singing. Okay, well, go ahead. Oh. Hold on, uh, phone. Hold on, caller. Just give me a second. Let the sister talk first, and then I'm going to go to area code 818. Go ahead, um, Azorite. So to add a little to what was said as far as the meat and the produce and all of that stuff. So just a quick little snippet about me. So I just moved back from Las Vegas. I was working as a poker dealer. And when I got back, I'm like, all right, so. The oh, I'm sorry. Chaos. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, the world is in chaos. What am I going to do? So I was like, okay, I need to get in where I can see what's going on with our food. Right. So the first job I ended up getting was working in produce where I had to, like, my job was to put the fruit and stuff in plastic. And I literally got let go because I refused to sell moldy strawberries. They literally wanted me to take out the moldy strawberries, rinse off the mold off the other one, and put them back in there and then take them out to the floor to be sold. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I cannot do Like, this is not going to work for me. It was just so much that I was seeing. I was just like, I just felt shocked. I was yeah. like, what am I supposed to eat? Like, yeah. this is what I'm doing. Like, and so then I'm like, all right, so that happened. I got to recover a little bit from that one. Then I went and got a job working with meat. And the meat job wasn't as bad. This is what Carl was saying. Like, before... The meat, when I got the meat and I'm packaging the meat, the meat was coming through the grinder. You know what I'm saying? So I don't see what the meat looks like before it comes through the grinder. I don't see the chickens because we wasn't doing chickens. We were doing beef. So, and it was supposed to be like, this was like Ooh. the place I was working was like the most luxurious meat. Like this meat, like if you find it in the store, the patties are like $13, $15, oh, $20 like two patties and stuff. Like, Long Talk Radio, so, just hold on with me. I'm coming to you momentarily. Don't hang so, up on me. 
Go ahead, sister. When you, when you see it, like when I'm working at the spot, first off, it was, it was like a lot of blood everywhere, okay? But it was, to me, I'm like trying to understand and wrap my head around the fact that I'm like, okay, so we got food and stuff that drop on the floor. And they have different, you know, pails and stuff. But I don't want to say anything, so I can say this. Um, they got different colored pails that we had to put them in. Now, my thought process was like, okay, so this drops on the floor. Why are we saving this? Why aren't we putting this directly in the trash? I think there are particular disposal processes. But my thought process was there has to be a room where they're cleaning this and they're redispersing it through the grinder for us to make it into patties to be sold to the general public. Like, has to be. And so, like, there were situations where people just they have to be doing that. And so I was just like, I felt like this was happening because they want me to see what's going on. And so, like, for me, I was packaging my own meat and bringing it home. Like, I got some meat in the freezer right now that, you know, I packaged it myself. But everybody not going to be thorough cut like me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you're sure talking about, know those pieces. Yeah, you're talking about getting into uh, herbs and, and healing and whatnot. You need this education. <laughs> and that's why I, I asked. You know, send it out into the universe, you know, that you need a degree. You need access to, you know, the type of certification necessary so you can not only protect yourself, but your people and your community. Please bear with me. I'm going to give my phone calls an opportunity um, to come on in. So, Eric Code 818, your mic is open, beloved. Who's Hello. calling? Yes, who's calling and where are you calling from? Oh, this is JC Tarot readings. Oh, okay, okay. Greetings, beloved. I'm glad you you're coming. Yeah, we can hear you. Fabulous. However, however oh, you're listening to me, however you're listening to me on your computer or whatnot, turn that down so that it don't compete with the phone. Okay. So that there won't be a delay. And I did hear you say right? happy holidays. Yes. Okay, I just um, I wanted to uh, touch on uh, what we were talking about in the beginning about um, the uh, the conjunction and how uh, Jupiter and Saturn are now in the age of are now in Aquarius, and um, there's a lot of uh, positive take on this, but uh, just as you were saying, how uh, today represents the birth of Heru in Kemet. Uh, the sign of Aquarius is also ruled by Newt, the star goddess in in yeah. in, uh, sky goddess. in Egyptian mythology. The sky so, goddess. So uh, the sky goddess, yes. So uh, with all the the great things that come with Aquarius, there's also a lot of destruction that has to happen too. Aquarius is about you know uh, revolt <laughs> and. Uh, going against the status quo and um, increase of technology. So I definitely see it within this year how we have all become more dependent on technology just to communicate and be in contact with one another because we are, you know, in quarantine and we are going through COVID. Um, But just uh, like the the Aquarian energy, it it represents, you know, the fool and the star, but it also represents that tower card and the, the, the electricity that shocks us into making, you know, the necessary changes. So there's also a lot of just, uh, 
um, not negative, but there's a lot of, you know, that, that, that restructuring energy that has to happen. The, the devil. You, you, <laughs> the devil. Um, my dad's birthday is June 30th. And, and unfortunately, I call him the devil. Uh, the, the devil on one yep. shoulder, the angel on the other shoulder is my mother. Uh, and in terms of religion, my dad represents the most negative demonstration of Christianity in my eyesight. And if I were to believe or accept Christianity on any level, my mother would be a better demonstration of what it should look like, of what it should look like. So when you, when you start going into your details about Aquarian, and Aquarian energy and, and sort of that interchange there, yeah, you preach into the choir because I had to learn by fire. I had to learn under the threat of violence. I, we had to learn that if you, you know, you, you speak in a regular sentence and all of a sudden you, you knocked out, you know, because you just said the wrong thing or you just suggested, you know, so it forced us to be much more attentive. It forced us to pay attention to, to not just what we saw and what we heard and what we observed, but how we demonstrated it how we said it. Uh, we had encyclopedias in my house, more than one. We had thesaurus and, and dictionaries and, and various uh, English-based books in our house. We couldn't ask, how do you spell A, B, and C? Because my mom would say, what do the dictionaries say? We couldn't ask, you know, explain, you know, the sky because we had to open up that, that encyclopedia and then write a book report about it, you know, after the fact. So you hit it on the head, you know, that, that lightning, almost Shango-like energy that also carries that degree of ego. And, and when I look at us as a society, society also has an astrology. Countries also have an astrology. Um, it's too much ego at operation. And, and the COVID, like Sister said, you know, was an opportunity to sit us down and shut us up for a minute. And then the focus that we now bring through this media um, should be just that, more focused, more specific. People who never thought they were going to be doing, you know, office, you know, work online are now online. People who never thought they were going to have to teach, you know, using technology are now teaching using technology. And many of you who, who maybe thought, you know, I don't have a, a need for a webcam, I don't have a need for FaceTiming with people, you know, now you are walked into this new dis, dispensation, this new energy, again, associated with this constellation that uh, Neophyte Bokur helped me to establish um, is something that has been building up to for the last 20 years. The seeds have been planted, and, and, and now we're coming into a, a season of, of crop and, and reaping. And, and reaping and harvesting also has that undercurrent, you know, call it what you will, darkness, dark matter, negative energy, unknown, the idea of reaping, getting rid of that that's no longer useful, getting rid of that which is no longer beneficial. 
And sometimes we got things we want to hold on to. Oh, well, I like, wait, hold on, I like that. No, we, we can't use that no more. You know, the, the cassette tape, we can't use that no more. The CD player, we're not doing CDs anymore. You know, how far back do I need to go? <laughs> you know, 45s, we, we don't do that anymore. You know, and so we are indeed, it might not be readily visible. But we are indeed stepping into a new dispensation. And and the coronavirus, I believe, helped us to see it better, helped many of us to spend the last nine months or whatever thinking about life, realizing life, meditating on life, so that now stepping into this conjunction, we should be ready to demonstrate. We should be ready to put that energy forward. And so I appreciate you all stepping forward and sharing your truth, sharing your faith. Listen, I'm not judging, but, you know, not showing your face, not showing your identity, not being fully present, you know, in social media, that is so 1990s. Okay? And, you know, we're, we're now going into a time when, you know, a photograph ain't important enough. I know for me, when I'm communicating outside the country, a picture ain't enough. Oh, no, brother. Oh, no, sister. I need, I need a webcam, and I need a webcam more than once. Do, do, do you got a YouTube? You got some videos where I can right. match your face and your voice and your, you know, let, mm-hmm. let's put it together. Because the reality is, for my audience who was here before the show, who saw that video, the brother was talking about DNA and all the pros and cons of that, all your information is already oh. out there. Big Brother's already in effect. We've been sitting back waiting on Big Brother. Big Brother didn't happened already. Especially people of my age group who are waiting on the Jetsons to happen, who are waiting on Big Brother to kick in. It had already kicked in. They already know where you at. They already got your information. They already got your IP address. Your device, your phone, your tablet, your laptop, it's already marked. We already carry the mark of the beast. We are. You got a social security number. You got a credit card. You know, you got an ID number in your country. I don't know. Y'all don't have social security numbers, so you might have an ID number. It's attached to your location. I know in Nigeria right now, they're trying to force through legislation the attachment of what we would consider your social security number to your device to your cell phone, your laptop, etc. Oh, yeah. They're doing it through Facebook here. Oh, yeah. It's gotten that real. And we think of the quote-unquote Nigerian scam, which is really bigger than Nigeria. Nigeria gets blamed for it. It's bigger than Nigeria. Have you watched uh, Traffic <laughs> on Nat Geo? New program called Traffic. They did a whole thing on Jamaica the other, other week. Baby, talking about Jamaican scammers, and they're scamming for your heart. They're your new boyfriend, your new girlfriend you didn't just met online, who's having a hard time. They might need a few bucks, might need a new air condition, might need a, uh, and and they're looking for the big money popping. That's what they say in Jamaica, big money popping, which means Americans, and typically white Americans, but they're coming for black Americans too. Because y'all have a lot of extra, you degreed, educated, 
black Americans who work for the gas company and phone company and educators and work for the government. Y'all have a nice little income. And the Jamaicans and the Nigerians and the Ghanaians and in Israel, it's a big industry in Israel where they're scamming you out of your money. Scam. Typically for your heart, which is the most saddest one of all, in my opinion, that we're so in need of love and companionship and romance that, that even countries away, and then you're going to sell your mama's antique wedding ring. Then you're going to put a lien on your house so you can get a loan and send it to the voice in the phone in another country. It's a really sad state on who we are as people. And I think sometimes in my community, we like to say, well, we're not them. We're not the white people. We're not like, you know, but we got our own shit. We got our own stuff, you know, and People, again, identify us as Americans first. They see us as American first. See, we do the, oh, come on, blood. Oh, come on, black. You know, we, we are African, but we're not all the same tribe. And, and so in their mind, we Americans. So, you know, the idea I'm going to go here and there and get my initiation and, and get my culture back. No, you can do that right here, right here. We are right here, and there are practitioners. It might not be me, but there are other qualified practitioners right here in America to help us to reconnect, to repatriate, to go back to the motherland here first, here first. And even the expats who uh, Azurai and I talked about, um, even they say, Prepare before you come over here. You Do your to. homework before you come over here. You have to. Know what the heck you looking at, Gambia, Nigeria, Ghana, before you come over here. Know some ethnic groups and their history before you get here. Know the village before you get here. And so some of those that are over there that are doing know, it, come on in, bro. Know your Know your Louisiana before you go to Louisiana. Mm, that's a big thing. Well, thank you for mentioning that because it's a lot of people that go visit. Everything's sweet when they go to New Orleans. Oh, but it's like you don't have to understand which territory are you walking into. The indigenous worse people than in that, Louisiana. Hold on. Worse than that, they think it's all in the French Court. They it do. All, it all ends and begins in the French Court. Now, now, if we were in, I'm coming. Hold on, let me give out my PSA. Caller, phone caller, area code 214. I'm coming to you next. So please don't hang up with me. Um, but yeah, they think everything is in the French Quarter. And oh, well, I came and I looked for you. No, you didn't look for me because I'm easy to find. <laughs> Anybody in this chat will tell you I'm real easy to find. Okay, I don't even want to admit how easy I am to find. My house address on Google, okay? But I live in the hood. But I live in the hood. So y'all can think y'all going to roll up unannounced if you want to, okay? But I'm easy to find. So when they say, oh, I looked for you, and we looked for the voodoo, and, but you never came into the community. You never came into the neighborhood. But they know where the food is. They know where the restaurants are. They know, you know, because 
there's millions of dollars of tourism behind that. Millions of dollars of advertisement from the time you get off the plane to your hotel and back. That's already mapped out. Culture ain't mapped out like that. Culture might require more than a day. Culture might require you getting an appointment with the Divine Prince two weeks, three weeks before you get here okay. rather than knocking on my door and thinking I'm going to stop doing my live broadcast to come out and, which is what happened today, to come out and, and, and I mean, come on. Come on. When, when would I have time to do the Travel Channel? When would I have time to do PBS? You know, if I was just, you know, and see, they're talking about Jackson Square. You got homeless people in Jackson Square that are out there 24 hours a day, rain or shine, to do tarot reading, fortune card reading. Yeah. And so people think I'm uppity as a reader online. But that's what I'm comparing this to. I'm not a Jackson Square reader. I'm not a fortune teller in the, you know, rented storefront, you know, from some foreign country that's looking to rip people off. That's You're not, not even who, from there. It's not who I am. But but people trust that. People depend on that. I'm caller. I'm sorry, beloved. Come on in. Erico 214. Trans <laughs> Greetings, beloved. Thank you so much for coming. Come on, turn. How you doing, baby? I'm doing great. Turn your um computer down. Just just listen through the phone. I'm I hear you. I just have okay. my headphones on. That's all, baby. Oh, okay. What's your question or comment? Actually, I needed to know. Did I just hear you say that it was baby girl's birthday? Yeah, it's Azurite's birthday. Azurite, may I please? Prince Desarvine, can I please sing the Odoo Day song to her? You got to understand, my tech is acting a fool over here. Okay, well, well that's come on why and I had that. a hard time trying to do it. Well, All come right. on and do that. Hey. Hey, baby. Odoo Day, Odoo Day, Odoo Day, Amaya. Ojunde that was good. Say, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're from well, I'm from Texas here, and I listen to you every now and when I get a chance. And Spirit just told me to come and listen to you this this afternoon, baby. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Well, we certainly appreciate you and your blessing, you your Ashe. Thank you so much. Yeah, My there's no power greater than Iyami. Yes. And remember you heard Just to let you know, y'all have made me so happy <laughs> today. You have took me back. <laughs> oh, my God. I am knocking on 50, and I'm just saying, Lord, have mercy. This brother just told everybody everything about us old folks. <laughs> yes, indeed. 
Yes, indeed. We need to be enlightened. That we need to be enlightened. We don't know a lot about our elders, so we need to know what y'all been through and what y'all overcoming, how y'all are empowering us. Oh, right now, every oh, I can't even say that's that's for a story that me and me and um, his grace here is gonna have to have a long talk, personal talk about one day. But we're doing very good here in Texas, and. And my family is in Louisiana and many parts, so I, I give thanks for the knowledge. And you did give me a good, a good blessing of letting me know that I am finishing up what I started. So I give thanks. You made me give that. I, I got to get the books going now. Yes, you got to do it. You got to do it. So, this is the season. I got to do the books. Yes. And this is the season. Yes, <laughs> Talk among yourself. I have to answer the door again. On the day that we find ourselves going into this transition, I mean, how special is that? I know. Right? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a powerful thing. That's like that. The Mayans, the Olmecs, right? But if you've got Mayan ancestry, right? You go dig down into that. You're going to find that the source is Olmec. Yes. That means that every every um, every major population of native tribe in the Americas. branch off from the Omec, right? But at a separate timeline than the Aztec and the Mayan. The Aztec and the Mayan stayed in the South. All of the other branches of Omec went out and became the mound builders and then branched out from there, right? So we're trying to figure out because I'm pretty sure you're going to come to that dead end like everybody else comes to a dead end when you're looking into your your culture, trying to figure out, okay, well, yeah, it may have been this tribe, uh, like the the Hopi or something like that, or the um, Shashwan or something like that. These cultures have three different branches or lineages that, that, that come from Omec. They separate it. The Aztecs and the Mayans have a traditional uh, story about the three hawks, the red hawk, the white hawk, and the black hawk, right? Mm-hmm. But they're actual people, they're actual peoples that, that branched off. And if you look at your, if follow your rivers, you'll see where they went to and why they're, yeah. why they're different, why they spoke different languages, and why one of them spoke Hebrew, which is like, like really weird, but... It was a native tribe that spoke Hebrew, but it was a different dialect. There's where you're going to find yourself being able to get out of that dead end. It won't be a dead end after that. The dead end for me is just because, like, okay, so my family, I went, I was on a reservation, I met with my ancestors and my elders, and their river right there is the Colorado River. Now, my biggest thing was, is I was like, okay, so they came from here, from the Atlanta, New Orleans area, like, they came from here, and they went out there, but how did they get there? 
you know, like I know they didn't all travel on foot, so I was trying to trace where the river was because a lot of them travel by water. I was trying to figure out where that is on the map. It's not on there. I would suggest that there was a combination. They 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 walk, they travel by water, they travel by by horse. Uh, they did what, what was ever necessary, you know, to get to reach freedom. Yeah. I'm gonna give you two um, two big clues, two very specific clues. The Buffalo Soldiers that founded Route 66 is gonna be how you find that you find yourself getting out of that dead end. Buffalo soldiers are the ones that the black Buffalo soldiers are the ones that helped expedite your culture to get over to where it is. 1905, the Colorado River Dam broke and created the Salt Sea that we know of in California. That native tribe, which is more than likely your family, got flooded out under 100 feet of water, which made that dead sea off of the 86. And the one eleven in La Quinta or Coachella, where they have that big concert, that sea down there, that lake down there, that wasn't a lake; it was a river. Nineteen oh five, I think personally that they did that on purpose, but you'd have to access yeah. the, the the Union yeah. Army records for that. Yeah, the same Just to happen, a train destroys on top of the dam. Mm.
200 years. Or longer. Right. I just wanted to uh, address that. Uh, there was that latest question just in your uh, in your YouTube video mm -hmm. in your stream right now in the chat where we were talking about how uh, he, he brought up a good point about that the Mayans are where these people come from. But you really got to go back and look at the timeline. The Olmec predate by a, by a large number of both Aztec and Mayans. Matter of fact, the Mayans in their records say that we come from uh, the, the old teachers. The old teachers were. Okay. Is what they say. Right. The, yeah, which are the Olmec. Yeah, they are. They the Olmec give a lot of, uh, they, they give a lot of clue. If you can find as much research as you can on, on their culture by itself, it, could, it does unlock a lot of different uh, um, unanswered questions, just figuring out who these people were, right? I mean, my family comes from Blackfoot, right? Or it has some ties into it. We're not completely there. I mean, because we come from Kentucky too, but um, they're Blackfoot, right? Come to find out that why would the Blackfoot tribe name themselves Blackfoot in the first place? Right. It was the French that were actually doing business with them that named them the Blackfoot after their um, after the moccasins that they were making. They would burn the rubber that they would put on the bottom of their moccasins, in which they called themselves Blackfoot. They sold a product that gave them their name. And then you are really looking at stuff. So looking at the different Native American tribes, you will find out that they all have similar names, uh, uh, naming sequences like that. Where it was outsiders that named that gave them that name that they, that we know now, like the Sioux, right? A lot of their names are Swedish. Like why the fuck did the Native American have Swedish names? Because it was the Swedes that went up the river and settled in the north, right? I also and pushed to, the um, Sioux down. Since you brought it back to my memory too, those of you who are right, right. on Ancestry.com, they have updated. Uh, the DNA copies yet again. So the indigenous footprint in the Americas is now much stronger in Ancestry.com than it was before. So if you haven't checked your Ancestry.com in the last 30 days or longer, um, you need to go back in there again and see now where they are defining indigenous Americas uh, with, with a great emphasis on the Southwest and Mexico. And then they have um, indigenous Eastern South America, Brazil, um, and, and the surrounding countries that touch Brazil uh, just to the north. And of course, uh, Central America is its own demographic. Um, so my new bloodline increased in the indigenous Americas among the uh, Southwest and Mexican population. It also increased in the indigenous Eastern South American population um, where Brazil is. And I would like to take note that when I was a youngin out in California back in, I don't know, I'm gonna say 1986, I was in a shelter in Santa Monica, California. If any of you know Santa Monica, it's a very wealthy, rich retirement kind of place but if you know the beach you know you know homeless folks hang out at the beach um at at santa monica and back in the 80s there were you know 
systems in place. So I never had to sleep out on the beach, but they had this beautiful shelter in Santa Monica. Um, and, you know, a good idea would be steak and and lobster and, you know, just great food and great resources, as you would expect from, from a wealthier population. Uh, a used suit would be a brand new suit, three-piece, you know, with a cover coat to go with it. I mean, this wasn't your Salvation Army. Um, and so there was a witch there from London, from the UK. And she read everybody in the shelter. And one of the things she said was, um, I would not be able to avoid uh, two demographics of people. Um, One was dangerous people. And the other was highly favored people. And both of those things run true. Um, For obvious reasons, I won't list all the dangerous people that I know, <laughs> but I know quite a few. And, um, and of course, I also have celebrity contacts and, and, and really well-to-do people. But Brazil was a place that she narrowed in on the reading that I would have a intimate relationship with. And, of course, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, I, you know, I had no clue what the hell she was talking about. It didn't make any sense to me. It didn't connect or resonate with anything that I – knew or understood about myself or my background. So to have that now beginning to show up, I mean, 1% is is a large number in terms of DNA um, in that region is is really interesting to me. I'm still a a supporter, if not a fan of DNA. Um, As I shared before the show, I know there's a lot of controversy about DNA, about how DNA is being used. Uh, about how DNA might be used in the future, um, I get it. And and my ears aren't necessarily closed to conspiracy theories. I'm just not at a place where I feel that the uh, cons outweigh the pros, that the benefits um, for us, and particularly those of us who are disconnected uh, from our background, from our lineage, uh, which is one of the things that the sister picked at uh, Azurite in the video from West Africa. Y- y'all don't know y'all's family. Y'all don't know y'all's lineage. Y'all don't know where y'all from. Y'all just showing up in our country, you know, with your little romantic views about Africa. And that's what the sister was saying, you know, in all of her thick West African accent. That's, and, and, and we have to accept that there's a level of truth to what she's saying. We, we don't have a clue. And, and we do have a sort of a YouTube, Internet, Instagram attitude about not only African spirituality, but African culture. And the idea that if I just could save, you know, $30,000, I can just go over there and live the life, you know, and it don't work like that. I know people over there with $30,000 house, $40,000 house, you know, with eight bedrooms and, you know, mansions and yards and but that's just material. That don't say a whole lot about language or they learn the language. Mm-hmm. And I don't care that Nigeria's national language is, is English. You still get the language that's being smoked in your community. You still get the mm-hmm. language, just like we do here. Mm-hmm. Listen, when I first came here, I couldn't understand nobody. For at least two years, I couldn't understand what nobody in New Orleans was saying when I first came here. 
Say what, baby? You, you have to slow that down. You have to say that again. Oh, okay. Yeah, you you have to say that three or four times because I and, and it took time for my ear, just like music, for my ear to get on the right, you know, tone. So it's more than just saving up, you know, twenty thousand dollars and leaving the country. And, and I, I hear you. I don't want to call anybody in particular, but I hear you. I just wanted to leave. I just wanted to go. I had had my field of America. I just couldn't see one more, you know, racial bait. Okay, I, I get it. I And I support that. I, I do. Honey, if I had it like that, maybe I would flee like that too. But but I think I would be better prepared on yeah. the other end. I, I would have to know where I was going. I would have to know and what's there. Yeah, and what's there and what's to expect <laughs> from more than one perspective. Because I'm also seeing, you know, rallying around a particular group, a particular person, a particular individual, and then expecting them to sort of be your new messiah in, in, in the new land, which in this case would be West Africa, and, and they're just going to help me get everything together. And, and, and I value the experience of those who are already there, who are willing to do that in, in truth. But we're also seeing examples of people with their own agendas. They do. And, and that's a whole other thing. Now, that one brother who got killed, yep. now he left land. Somebody help me yeah. out. Wasn't it something like 400 acres? Am I, exagger wow. am I exaggerating? I'm not looking at it. I was talking about that on another page earlier. And so now uh, they're trying to sell yeah. his land. Go ahead. Um, Just talking about that. Go ahead, Neophyte. Now they're trying to sell his land. Yeah, I'm not to deviate from it. Yeah, I mean, they, they were already auctioning it up. They were just talking about that on another uh, page I was following and, and listening to. Earlier this week, I had to turn it off because I was like, like can you not see the agenda, the clear agenda here? I had the same thing that they did with Michael Jackson's land. I mean, no, you know, he, he had all of this, these different rumors going on about him, but they didn't realize what type of land that he was sitting on. They didn't realize that uh, Michael Jackson owned majority stock in Sony. Not And that's outside of the, the, the different... Um, he owned the rights to a lot of different music that people were really upset about. He owned Elvis's uh, his catalog. He owned Elvis's catalog. You know how people are pissed off about that? I'm sure they were. He owned the Beatles catalog. Michael Jackson owned the Beatles catalog. And when the Beatles tried to go back and, and have their, their concert in London for the Queen, they couldn't do it because they didn't ask Michael Jackson. Wow. They, they, he owned their rights to their, to their music. Listen. And they didn't realize it. Listen, Same thing goes on with Africa right here. It, but hold on, hold on. I realize it's late. Oh. I, hold, I realize it's late in the show. Uh, but but now we're going into a whole. We could do a whole show on this. Seriously, because it, it goes back yeah, to yeah. We'll say that, it, it goes back to not just knowing where you're going, but understanding the dynamics of business. Some of us don't understand the dynamics yeah. of business. Some of us have never bought a house, never bought land, never bought a car. 
you know, ain't never had to pay taxes beyond, you know, a 1040 form, you know. And so even as a business owner, mm-hmm. moving into new arenas been hell for me. You know, learning how to navigate tax laws, learning how to protect, you know, your name, your your trademark, your copyrights, what can be copyrighted, what can't be protected. It's one thing to say, oh, I want that, and all I need is to get the money. But even once you get the money to do certain things, if you haven't done that homework, you are going to get bopped on the head every time. You have to to maintain it. You have to not just buy it, but you have to maintain it. I'm a truck driver, but it's a spiritual chain of command anywhere to go when that's the Tiana, um, Mm -hmm. about the Choctaw history, email me, beloved. Uh, We indeed would have to look at your DNA and, of course, other factors to get a little bit more specific about um, ethnic group. Um, And that's another thing that the brother uh, pointed out in the video is that um, it's more than just getting the Ancestry.com test. It's more yeah, than just getting the 23andMe test. Uh, they can help you to get geographic locations and regions. But as um, Azurite mentioned earlier in the show, we move, we travel. We've been tra- yeah. moved falsely by, by, by colonizers who have mm-hmm. created boundaries. You know, they had the little meeting where Germany and several other people got together and divided up Africa. And so, you know, our sense of boundaries indigenous people has shifted and so we had to figure out where people was at a particular time that would then intersect with your bloodline your dna to get more specifics about you personally now just in general you know when you say about my choctaw that's personal but just choctaw in general yeah she's going to say what i'm getting ready to say go go ahead tiana um so for me, um, a lot of my tribe had been killed. So I'm like kind of the last, like my family's kind of the last of our our original tribe. For me, a lot of times my ancestors come to me in dreams. And because our tribe is not where it was originally, they'll show me like, like I had one dream about a toad. And the toad that I saw was specific to a particular region in California. It's called the Inyo, is what they call it now. And so, or I, like, noticed, like, I had one time I was walking to, like, clear my mind, and I saw some sticks that, like, spelled, literally spelled out the language that my ancestors speak. So, like, it's, I'm not saying that's all the 100% on how to do it, but what I'm saying is that a lot of times for me, anyway, they come to me in dreams, and they've been doing that since I was really, really small as far as, like, little key things. So I would say if you have dreams or don't have dreams, if you're not having dreams, you need to figure out why you're not having dreams. And when you have these dreams, you need to document these dreams so you can look them up, so you can figure out what they're trying to tell you. Because a lot of times, everybody doesn't have clear audience or clairvoyance or whatever the situation may be. So your subconscious, your psyche, with you asking these things, and you might be online looking up stuff, there might be things in between the lines that you're missing, but your psyche not going to miss that. So your psyche is uploading and downloading when you're having your dream time. So working a lot through your dream time is going to be, I feel like that's the closest we get to the ancestral realm without dying, is, is my opinion, unless you go into trance. Trance, But that's going to be a good way. Um, that's going to be a good way to figure out who they are and what they, and what, how you can connect to that particular because they might be different. 
using quartz crystal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but, but I, I feel like I have said earlier to take a road trip. Yeah. Right? The Choctaw uh, were nomadic just as much as everybody else was, if not more. But they had ties to a lot of the ancient natives that were on this uh, indigenous land. There's a reason why they were rooted were out, is because they were tolerating the BS. They were a threat to the Union Army, and the Union Army decided to go ahead and send the Buffalo soldiers over to take them out and kill off their, their food supply. That's why the Choctaw does not exist that much anymore. Right? And listen, Tiana, listen, I hear you. I see you. I personally suggest that it's a mistake. You have a choice to not be interested. In, in the DNA, but I think that's a mistake in terms of your losing information, in, in terms of you losing an opportunity to get greater clarity about what you believe your ancestry and your heritage to be. Um, listen, I've done Ancestry.com. I've done 23andMe. I bought one for my mother. I bought one for my sister, Wapani. My mother had two children. My dad had somewhere upwards of 20 kids. But my mom has two kids, and only one of my father's other children has actually taken the test. So based on that, the people that I know, and then the results that come through the DNA, we have not had a problem. And in fact, I'm now meeting first cousin. I just met my second first cousin using Ancestry.com that I had no knowledge of whatsoever. Never heard her name, never heard the last name, never heard the family name, didn't know who her parents were, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Only to find out that her dad, I guess I'm spilling the beans, <laughs> is my mother's brother and had a daughter he ain't know nothing about. What? This, this daughter 60 years old, by the way. She's 60 years old. She's 60 years old. Y'all hear me? She is 60 years old. Looking for her Looking for her connection, looking for her relatives, looking for her heritage. And she always knew, like many of us in this room, that she was the odd one. She was the different one. She was a little bit more indigenous, a little bit more African, a little bit more spiritual, you know, only to find out that she and I was first cousins. I only found out that we had so much in common, it, it was scary. She's a spoken word artist. I'm going to have her on here eventually. When I get her comfort zone up, she's going to be on here. Yeah, her name Yvette Mosaic. And we met through Ancestry.com. I'm talking about, now that's a close relative. That so, is. Yeah. That's real close. See, people looking to, you know, to fulfill yeah. their genealogical past. And I get that. That's why I went there, to fill in those dots back to Africa. But it's so much stuff in the middle that we've been taught to deny and overlook and be sleep on and be and it often dies. She she said that just the other day. So many lives died with her mother. And and that's a powerful statement, but it's also a sad statement. Don't don't let the lies die with your mother, your father, your grandparents. Don't let the mysteries die. And if they're living 
find out. And I, yes, yeah. and, and I know for some people that's a challenge. I'm challenged, okay? I'm the first to admit I'm challenged. Me and my dad don't speak, period, period. But I know his family. My mom knows his family. She don't live that far from his family in Mississippi. And we connect. We meet up, ask questions. Those, those in-laws, those wives that marry in, they are some of the best sources. The, the wives that you. the wives that marry yeah. into your family go to your cousin your mm-hmm. uncle's wife ask her to give you you know let's sit down and have a little drink let's have some tea you know just you know you'd be surprised what they would tell and what That's they would the you have to do right here you talking you about the ones that are responsible for going in to dust the dust the skeletons in the uh, dust the dust off the yeah. skeletons in the closet and make sure that the skeletons are still hanging up. And they're not always the most right. They're always they're not always the most popular person in the family. Yeah, people like them, people know them. And sometimes you gotta leave sometimes you gotta leave the party. Leave the banquet where everybody's sitting around and go to her house. Okay. okay. And, or go to his house. You know, where, where y'all might, you know, smoke a blunt, you know, and she gets and they but I'm telling you, I've gotten obituaries. I I've got uh, stories about my parents, my mother and father. I got stories about my mother and father that they never would have told me on their own that my great aunt told me. That my father's favorite cousin's wife told me, and, and that's how you get that information. That's how you get that detail. And I work with so many people. Um, man, you just will have no idea how many people in this generation now are um, adopted or have absolutely no knowledge of mom and dad. Period. And are using Ancestry.com. Are using Twenty Three and Me. And, and it's challenging because Yvette say, you know, a lot of what she thought she knew now, she now know a lie. And that's what she said. Her mother died with, with, with a bunch of lies. And we first that heard, is a lie. She's so connected that is to a me. Lie. She's so connected to me. She's so connected to Wapani, my, my sister. She's so connected to my mom. And we've only known her now like a week. <laughs> wow! From, from finding out that we you guys know that your DNA is saying yeah. you need to be making it. Yeah, it was intended for y'all to meet each other. Like it was like destiny. Like that's some ancestral intervention for real. For real. I'm, I'm glad y'all brought that up because like I've noticed a lot of my family, and it feels like I feel like I got outcast for this because I'm like asking questions because I've had elders or ancestors that took secrets to their grave, literally, and they don't want people to visit their grave site. And so it's like they don't think it's yeah. a big deal, but it creates like these gaps with the root chakra healing that needs to be done for me. I can't speak for other people. For me, like I found out I have Italian bloodline. And I wouldn't have known that unless I had that one auntie that didn't care. She got mad one day and blurted it out. Intentions of hurting, but she really helped me because that answered a lot for me when I went to Las Vegas. Because then I ended up meeting people that were like, you look a lot like my great, great uncle, whoever, you family. And I'm looking like, what? But not even knowing, like, 
these individuals, like, you need that. You need that, whether it be the auntie, stepmama, stepdaddy, whoever the situation is, you need those. I would call them lineage breakers, and not in a bad way. When I say lineage breakers, it meaning whatever that barricade is to keep that skeleton closet, you know, bolted up. They the ones coming in with the bazooka and like, boom, boom, boom. We know nah, we need this, uh, this open, okay? And whoever's in the way of them, yeah, whoever's blocking that, I'm going to say this, and I, know I don't want anybody to take offense to this. But during COVID, I've noticed a lot of those people that have been upholding those secrets, a lot of them are passing. And not saying they're passing from COVID, but it's like, is it they have the unwell ancestors within them almost to speak? And in order for that to be removed, they had to be removed too. And it might sound bad, but I'm just saying that's something I've noticed. Because it's like, is this they weren't gonna they were they were literally put here to keep those secrets dead like they were put here to keep the, the lineage from moving forward and like i don't know if that's necessarily like from colonial times or slave master ancestry coming into the bloodline and you know keeping keeping those types of blocks up but i just feel like it's like almost supernatural like why do you want us to not know who we are but you uh, look like me you share the same blood uh, uh, as me like uh, they don't Logically, doesn't make sense. I take response, and, so, and, and, I, and I'm going to mm-hmm. go soon, y'all. Um, uh, but I want to say, um, shadow work. Yeah. Undone, unacknowledged shadow work, and it's it's you know when we talk about ancestors and generations and lineage, and it's all out here. But the closer we bring that in to the center, is where the hardest part of the work comes, because most people don't want to go yeah. through the darkness. Don't want to remember the pain. Don't want to remember the negatives. Don't want to remember what's wrong in their family. And then don't want to empathize because then you get to the point where you have to put yourself in your mom's shoes, your father's shoes, your grandmother's shoes, no matter how much you have negative energy with the particular person. But you have to then, well, what did she come under? How was she abused? What ancestral memory was she carrying? You know, yeah. um, who did she watch? Yeah, against? Are, uh, and we're unfortunately very close yeah. to the history. We like to look at it as something that happened a long, long, long time ago. Right. But lynching ain't that far removed. And it still you know, Yeah. So those patterns now, well, well, even, those patterns now, even by <laughs> sort of scientific standards, exist in our DNA. Ancestral memory survives the, the DNA. PTSD mm-hmm. survives the DNA. Just like, just like alcoholism and drug abuse survive the DNA. It don't mean you're going to be a crackhead because your mother was a crackhead, but you damn sure going to have to make a choice. You damn sure going to have to consciously you damn sure gonna have that turn something personality on. Trait. Yeah, so you're either going to be the person who goes furthest in the opposite direction you know, you, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do nothing, you know, or you got the brother, the cousin, the sister that's out there, you know, and, and, and you can't help them. You can't help them. So um, it survives in our blood. White supremacy survives in our blood. Racism survives in our, in our blood. And so until we can individually and collectively 
Because, again, sometimes it's all about what can we do collectively? Why can't black people come together? Why can't, why can't? But it has to start individually first. It does. First. We have to first be willing to do that work for ourselves, whether society is doing it or not, whether the community is doing it or not, whether the next person is doing it or not. But in so doing, you then influence the next person who might be watching you, who might be your child, who might be your sister, your brother, your friend, and now you have a group of people moving forward. I don't try and take credit for it, but I can in my own mind look at a evolutionary process that has taken place in my own family. Among my mother, among my sister Wapani, even among my other brothers and sisters that I know originated with me changing. Absolutely. How I I saw things, how I believed. And and the voodoo thing wasn't easy at first. Wasn't nobody trying to hear that. They cool with it now, but they weren't trying to hear they, it at first. They weren't trying to hear it at first. <laughs> and so you got to find that strength. You got to find that strength in yourself. See, cause, see, some of y'all come looking for a community. Some of y'all come looking for a husband yeah. or, or a wife. And you go into culture, you go into Rasta, you go into Islam, you go into whatever you think going to get you some dick or some pussy. Mm-mm. You can't go in it for that. Keep it real, y'all. Keep it real. You can't go in it for that, okay? You so your journey is the, the first thing that everybody comes to the voodoo practitioner for the love spell. I mean, it's like right. stereotypical in, in movies. Right, and in real life, that people are like, they don't realize, okay, why is it that my heart hurts? Well, look at uh, the definition of what the voodoo heart is. That is a medical term. That's not nothing. That's not a. Why is my heart. Why is my heart drawing to me? Why is my heart calling to me a partner that's problematic? Why has my heart got me caught up in this bad relationship that I now feel like I need to fix? We don't think like that because we've separated spirituality and religion from the voodoo. We've allowed paganism and black magic and witchcraft to convince us that voodoo is not a religion. And that's a lie. Africa created religion. So it's all religion. It's all religion. Akan, Igbo, Hausa, it's all religion. But there are rules to this thing. There are steps to this thing. And so doing that shadow work is critical. It's critical. critical. I'm feeling it in my root chakra. That's why I keep moving, because like my root chakra is like, look. (laughs) Yeah, it's critical. Oh, uh, if I could say this, I mean, I know a lot of us uh, rely heavily on understanding our chakras and whatnot, but the movement right now for people tying in their sexuality to their chakras and meditating and all that stuff, stop that. That's not how chakras work. Let's please like separate those two things because it's being it's being deviated away from what it, it, it's usefulness. I've noticed that a lot that that our chakra system or, or an understanding of what the chakra system is is being tied into yoga and tied into uh, sexuality in a negative way. I'm not sure who's responsible for it, but I've noticed it and it's spreading 
to a point where now everybody's talking about opening up this weed chakra means that you got to take it up the butt. I'm like, wait, no, pause. I know. No. No, you, you're doing too much now. Who said, who said that? Who said that? Who said that? I don't even know who was from. Who said, oh my God. Listen, that's just, but hold on though. That's just as crazy. But that's just as crazy as all this sex magic. That's just as crazy as the Yoni eggs and the Yoni wands. I I saw a video just yesterday and her magic wand is going to clean your labia and do a girlfriend. Like, Do you even know well, enough you know, about minerals, you know. crystals, and stones to understand what might be leaking from that mineral? Lead. Now I will say topics. this. I will say this. I have a wand. I have an egg, and I have my egg in now. But I will say this. My intentions of getting it wasn't for like a lot of people are doing it for like like you said, sex magic. Mine was for a level of trauma healing that I had to do because I began a womb detox and I had things in my womb that I needed something in there. Now, I don't leave it in there all day long. Like, it's a whole process of cleaning it, ritually bathing it, and all of that. But a lot of these people are using this for, like, they, they say they call it soul snatching. they like, I'm snatching men's souls with this egg. And I'm like, I... That's not, that's not what, I don't think that's what this was made for. That's for me anyway. Mine was for me to heal. I'm just, listen, now, I've been getting a lot more listen, attention since I've been doing listen, this work, I'm, but it's not for that. Beloved, I'm just suggesting it's not African. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not indigenous. It, it's a part of all the new, new age, magical, witchy kind of creation. And that's I'm also suggesting that it's dangerous. <laughs> said earlier in the show, my intimacy with minerals, quartz, is very tight. And so you all are risking leaking other minerals, zinc, lead, other base minerals from your stones into your body. No right. one's talking yeah. about that. No one's talking about some of these stones emit other chemical combinations. No one's talking about that. And most people don't know anything about that. So it, well, it's, they don't. It's they not, don't know where they're getting it from. That's the key part of it. Is you have to know exactly where you're getting it from. Like I know exactly where I got mine from. Like both of my stuff came from ethical sources. The one of my like my egg actually came from Mexico. Like the person I got it from in Mexico didn't even really speak English. Like when I say that, I was like legit, legit, legit. Like I wouldn't have gotten it unless I was told to. Like my intuitive guidance told me to get these things. For me to do the healing work that I had to do in the space that I'm in. So a lot of people are just commercializing it and they just buying it from wherever and they making all these parties and stuff about it's, it. It's a commercial. No, that does need to be talked about. I'm not, sure. this, I'm not, we had such a great show. I definitely don't want to end it. With, <laughs> I definitely don't want to end it with us arguing, but it is a, it is a commercial product. That's, that's what I said. It was created from white people. Botanica owners, shop owners, as something that, oh, wait a minute, this might be popular. We get all this abundance of, of minerals. Let's sell them. That's why I said it's not indigenous. You, you don't find that in any indigenous world practice, not in Asia, not in Africa, not in Australia, not in South America. And so when you say, well, where did it come from? And the brothers say, well, where did it come from? Where, where did the idea that, you know, we could 
use tarot cards and you know do the the moon horoscope. Most of that is produced from commercial sources. Some things have a root in tradition, like yoga, you know, meditation. But most people don't know anything about that part. They don't know anything about the Buddhism. They don't know anything about the Hinduism. So, so white culture and commercialized West culture takes things like yoga and, and takes it away from the system, the culture, the people, the country, brings it to Malibu and now has a $35 yoga class on Saturdays, but there ain't no discussion about food, there ain't no discussion about religion, ain't no discussion about culture, ain't no discussion about all the other stuff that goes with it. So we see it as a form of appropriation, where even horoscopes, appropriation. Where's the rest of the astrology? Where's the rest of the chart? You know, we look at, you know, 12 signs. That's how it used to look back in the day. You open up the newspaper, 12 signs, you know, Virgo, your day is going to be bliss. Leo, your birth, your day is going to be benefit, you know, but where's the rest of the astrology? So we were then fed bits and pieces of stuff, and in some cases, completely separated from the, the culture or practice altogether. So uh, listen, I don't even know how this came up. I love uh, Azurite's energy, so I definitely don't want to say nothing to offend her. Or have her not come back? I, I'm just telling you. Back. Yeah, I'm just telling you. These we, conversations <laughs> need to be yeah. had. I just had to throw that in there that I, it, I I feel like it's definitely being exploited. And it might sound sure. better if I had a 60, 70, 80-year-old woman maybe come on here and tell you all that. But it's it's dangerous. It really is. Absolutely. And it's very I, few I'm, I'm minerals. Not, I don't disagree yeah, at it's all. It's very few minerals that you can put inside your body. There's not many that you can. Right, that you're going right. to um, not absorb something from. Mm-hmm. Like hematite, never. Never, 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 no. never, never. Never, 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 never. Those things have copper in them. Copper and copper ore. So you sound like you got, I like that. You sound like you got some knowledge. You, you got some ideas. But you got to make sure these other women get it. You can't be putting rose quartz yeah. and amethyst. And, no. You can't be putting that right. in. You got to be careful with that because it, the stone doesn't leach off uh, when it's in water, but your body's enzymes are different than water. Absolutely. And, those, and those quartz and things will be absorbed by the body because there's not too many different like uh, minerals that your body can't absorb and do something with. Whether you like it or not, they can do something negative to be detrimental to your body or it can be beneficial to your body, but everything in its proper amount, because everything can still be detrimental to your body. This is plain and simple. And Science is a crystal. And some of them will leak off in water. <laughs> and some of them will leak off in water, even in quartz. If you set quartz right. in, in Certain water, will definitely do it. I got a fish tank. So over the last Ooh. 30 years, I have put stones of various types in my tank to see them turn cloudy, that means they're leaking. Right. That polish disappears. That means the stone is leaking. And I had right. some back when I was ignorant actually kill my fish. So I had to learn the hard way. I'm not obviously I'm not a woman who's ever tried a yoni egg, but I've right. learned through other ways and and by way of other people. Um, girlfriend, that's just 
Be careful with that. As you said, speaking like the polishes, some of them have chemical finishes on them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And like a lot, like I said, a lot of people out here just buying this. They don't know where it's coming from. They don't know the person cutting it. You know, they don't know none of that stuff. None of that stuff. So you're right. Yeah. For sure. So be careful with some of these crystals. Okay, like, not even crystals. They're like just phosphor type with dye on. Yes, yeah, she said somebody was asking her if she had. Yeah, um, obsidian is uh, lava. Molten lava. Yeah. It's a natural. It's a natural uh, volcanic glass. Obsidian is molten lava. And it will cut you up if you break it. Yes, yoni eggs are porous. Yeah, a yeah. lot of the minerals that are being used in yoni eggs are porous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Thank mm-hmm. you, Arisha. Um, Arisha's young, but she's mature enough. I, I said I needed to find some older women <laughs> to come in here and speak on it. Ari- uh, you know, I don't want to give away her age, but she she old enough. Yes, Shamafia old enough to know. Yeah, Savannah Rose might be old enough to know. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you got to ask, what would you recommend as a good song for a young age? Um, Personally, I know she said Obsidian wasn't good, but Obsidian is what I have. Um, the Obsidian one that I have was hand cut in Mexico. Um, it came with a matching mirror, and I also had a navel button for my belly button to cut ties with my mother, cut as well personally for me. So, um, like I said, I don't keep mine in that long. Like, I don't keep it in, like, some people, like, leave it in, leave it in. No, like, it needs to come out when I, I need to clean it when I use the bathroom and things of that nature. My biggest use for mine is, is that I'm currently staying in the house that I was raised in as a child. So when I'm sleeping, I use it at night to help with that type of energy as far as me helping me release that memory of what was transpiring. My wand is rose quartz. Um, I don't use that all the time. Now, the reason why I got that is because I learned recently about men having penile spines, is what it's called. Basically, if you think about it, you think of cats when they have the spines that come out of their penis when they have intercourse, and my ex-partner had, it's not, you can't see them like you do with a cat, like they're very small, look look more like dots, but he had penile spines, and it literally imprinted into my yoni, and I was not able to cut ties with him, like, and it was like real bad, Um, and he wasn't the first one, like, he was the first one out of years, like I hadn't been with a man in like 10 years. See that's but why. I, I hold on. See that's why I get accused of being old fashioned. <laughs> you know, oh that's old fashioned when you talking about you know no sex <laughs> until marriage. Oh that's old fashioned when you know. Oh, that's me now. <laughs> yeah, but she just she just gave you the proof. <laughs> and it's science. And it's it science. Men leave DNA in you. They do. They that, do. that 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 scientists can actually find. Any man, your house, if you're going to leave DNA, you're going okay. to leave DNA. I don't care how clean he is, you can brush him down with a Brillo pad, he is going to leave back. If you use a Brillo pad, he's definitely going to leave DNA. Um, yeah, you so you know, I know it's not a modern thing to say, it's not the cool it's thing modern. to say. You know, women coming in today's sexual empowerment, I agree with that. You know, if you want to be in charge, you be in charge. But protect yourself and know what you are setting yourself up for. Now, the stuff that she, when I, when I listen to Sister Azurite, you're right on point. You, 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 you're right. Now, I, I'm not, I can't agree with the Yoni egg. 
I'm with I'm with Tiana Bolden on that. My answer would have been none, just like her answer is none. But, you know, <laughs> but when I hear you talk through it, at least you got some consciousness yeah. about, you know, what's what's really going on. That's the black. I call it the black hole. That's the black hole. And you send negative energy negative scenarios into the black obsidian to be sort of consumed by fire. Mm-hmm. But um, don't break right. it. Don't chip it. Uh, it is glass. It is what Absolutely. indigenous so Don't be trying to do seagulls or nothing like that. Like, uh, this is not the snap your PY back, okay? That's not what this is for. Like, like I said, for me, like, I had a lot of trauma, and I had a, a situation where someone tried to traffic me cross-country. So when I go into these spaces for a long time, I was like just carrying the wand on me for protection, you know what I'm saying? But now when I know I'm going to be in them type of environment, like let's say, for example, if I go to a botanical hour, I say I need it in there because I've had too much happen with people that are of the dysphoria trying to like predatize me, be predators towards me because of my energy. So it's just in those type of situations. Now, if there is something that I could do that I feel like that would be more safe, I would be 100% for it. But this is something I'm using right now because I have reached a climax in my healing, especially with the trafficking. And that being something that's intergenerational,